Hello, everyone, and welcome to And the Award Goes To, a weekly podcast where we see the newest films at theaters, giving our thoughts, impressions, and finally, an award to a specific thing in the movie. My name is JT Atkins, and with me is... Rocky Rodoy. Rocky... How are you? How are you today? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. You How good? about you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm all right. That's good. He's got a little bit of allergies, so yeah, yeah. We'll, he'll be we'll sniffling throughout yeah. this podcast. We'll, we'll see how much sniffling gets picked up on the uh, on the episode. I'll try to edit it out. Yeah. What did we see? What did we see today? Well, I saw for the first time. This was your third time <laughs> seeing it. We saw a Happy Death Day. We did. We did Happy Death Day. The latest in the uh, line of Blumhouse produced low budget quote-unquote horror movies yeah, we'll just put whatever we want to out we'll make our money back <laughs> they, they will yeah they will they, they made they made this back like i think the budget of this you know they stuck with their regular thing it's under five million and mm. i think within their first weekend they made like 35 million for right. this movie so they yeah uh, they they did good it's an interesting uh it's an interesting like uh business plan too yeah like, for sure it's i mean they're yeah. doing it so good for them um <laughs> What's the, what's the next thing I usually say? Who uh, who was it directed by? Directed by Christopher B. Landon. Christopher B. Landon. What else yes. has he done? Um, I think he did the paranormal, some of the paranormal activity movies. Okay. He was uh, let me see here. He directed paranormal activity, the marked ones, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Oh, okay. And this one, and he wrote uh, paranormal activity two, three, and four. Okay. Uh, Disturbia. I like Disturbia. It's okay. I, I like that movie. That's the one with uh, Shia LaBeouf, right? Shia, the, the yeah. Beef. yeah. I, I dug that movie back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was written by Scott Lobdell, who's actually, this is his first film, but he's yeah. a comic book writer. So here's an interesting thing that I've heard about this mm-hmm. uh, through from the horse's mouth, the director. Uh, he's got an interview with Jeff Goldsmith on the Q&A podcast. Um, he basically, I guess, so Chris Landon wrote a shitload of this movie mm-hmm. and through how the WGA, the writers guild of America, how it works sometimes is people get different credits based on like, uh, what revisions you use, what information you use from different drafts of the film, right. like the script, like how much someone contributes to it. Like that's why sometimes you'll see like story by, but then like screenplay written by like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you kind of think like, what the fuck's the difference? Mm-hmm. So apparently Chris Landon had a buttload to do with this script. Like he wrote a lot of it, mm-hmm. but he doesn't get credited as a, and from what I've heard in the interview, he doesn't really sound too incredibly happy about it. Oh, I would imagine. But he's <laughs> a director and he got the director cut so credit. So he doesn't right. really care too much. But, uh, yeah, apparently, so it, I, I guess it would be more accurate, in his words at least, the words of the director, to say that it was written by at least both of them, mm. but apparently the only the other guy gets all the credit yeah. for, for the screenplay. Oh, that's, well. Yeah, that's just how film is sometimes. Uh, so who was in it? I don't know. <laughs> uh, There's, like, no one, like... Uh, J- Jessica Roth? Yeah, Both? so she's she's the lead. Her name she is was Tree. In, yeah, she was in La La Land. She was. She was one of the like roommates. She was one of Emma Stone's roommates yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah she, which I didn't she's one notice. Just, like always eating. It seemed like <laughs> I the two scenes she was in. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, but she's one of the girls that uh, that sings with her. Yeah. To that someone in the crowd song where they're like singing, getting ready to go yeah, out that yeah, night. Her, and... Emma Stone, her three roommates. She's the blonde one. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Because they do like a color coordinated thing. Like, yeah. There's a blonde one. There's a brunette. There's like a redhead or something. One of them, yeah, she's, like, black or mixed or something, Uh so she's got, like, black hair, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, she's really the only, 
Like she's kind of the star of the movie. I don't she, there's anybody notable in the film. That's yeah. That's yeah. A, that's a big thing about it. There's not really anyone in it that I know from anything else. Right. I didn't even pick up that Jessica Roth was who she was. Like I just heard like people were like, oh yeah, she's also in La La Land. And I was like, cool. I'll take your word for it because I, yeah, right. I don't remember it. But uh, <laughs> what did you what, what did you think of it? Uh, it was okay yeah <laughs> i really didn't care much for it yeah yeah that's 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 too bad because i was uh i i loved this movie yeah, if you can tell from you seeing it three times as <laughs> yeah. we mentioned before i went and saw it the first night because you were out of town last week yeah i went and saw it the first night with our buddy megan mm-hmm. i uh i hit her up like the day before and i was like hey i really want to go see happy death day and i don't have anyone to go like what, what's going on and she's like I could probably go tomorrow maybe. And so like she hooked back up with me and we went Friday night and saw it, uh, came out of it. She really liked it. She seemed to really like it. I think she said she liked it. I absolutely loved it. Um, my buddy Ed two days later was like, Hey, I've got the day off. Uh, I know you already saw it, but do you want to go see it? And I was like, absolutely. I do. <laughs> so like I jumped in the car with him. We went and saw it again. I loved it even the second time. And then I I've enjoyed it so much that I was really pestering you to be like, Hey, that should just go ahead and be our next episode. Like yeah, you, right. you were, you were already wanting to see it. Yeah, like yeah. you, we we saw uh-huh. trailers of it like a month or two ago, and we were like, okay, it looks interesting. We'll check it out. It's yeah, a right. house, so yeah. maybe it won't be. Hopefully, it won't be too Got bad. 50 chance. Yeah, yeah. And I, I thoroughly, even after the third time that we saw it today, I want don't want to give my whole spiel about it before we get to the review of it. But this is probably so far my favorite movie of the year. So. <laughs> That's, that's a something. big claim. That is I, a massive claim. <laughs> it is. And I that's how much I love this movie. Yeah. And a lot of it's just because of uh Jessica Roth and how yeah. she how she carries it. I think she does a phenomenal job. The wolf the only character in the movie. Kind really. of. That's kind of one of the problems of the movie. Because I yeah. definitely don't think it's perfect. Uh-huh. I definitely think they're storytelling wise and director wise and whatever, absolutely there have been better movies this year. But with me, when I judge them, you know, personally, it all comes down to what I've enjoyed the most. And right. so far, this has definitely been like, there've been like a other couple other close calls. Like Get Out was really good, but that's also Blumhouse. Yeah, uh, it does Blumhouse. Logan's good, but mm-hmm. you know, it's just another superhero thing. Yeah. X Men or not X Men? Uh, Spider Man's good. Wonder Woman's good. It's other superhero stuff planet of, the apes. planet of the apes is incredible and that's probably like the only thing that's keeping me from absolutely saying this is my favorite movie right. of the year because war for the planet of the apes is amazing but uh Fuck. even that it's just a fran- it's a franchise thing so i'm just like i enjoy that this one uh came out of nowhere and was kind of like its own thing right and, mm-hmm. yeah but that's just you know we'll get into all that later yeah, for um sure. so news what you what you got uh well first of all did you listen to since we reviewed it last week, yeah. Um, did you hear Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross's cover of the Halloween theme? I didn't. Whoa, I didn't know there was. No. Yeah, it put out last week. Really? Um, yeah. Wow. So Nine Chanel's <laughs> cover of the Halloween theme. Yeah. I mean, when you do a synth, whenever you're covering a synth song, yeah. using synths and stuff. I mean, there's, there's, there's only, only so much so you much can you do. Can, yeah. But it's a cool little. It's like eight minutes long. That's really cool. I didn't yeah. know that. Huh. Yeah. Where did you, where did you see that at? Uh, they're posting it on Nine Channels like Facebook. They're posting oh, okay. it on like a couple like movie websites. are posting it and stuff. Nice. So you can get you can get on iTunes for like a dollar. Wow. Okay. Like that. Yeah, I'll definitely yeah. have to check that out. That's 
Trent Reznor is probably like my favorite musical composer mm-hmm. and uh, uh, for movies at least. Mm-hmm. And I, he's, I have a Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross uh, Pandora station okay, that yeah. I constantly turn it to when I do my own writing. Like when I sit down for the night in front of my laptop and I open up a screenplay that I'm working on or something and start writing, mm-hmm. I usually want music that doesn't have like vocals in it. So it doesn't right. distract me. Mm-hmm. And so I put on more usually like somber mood kind of, suspenseful kind of stressful music kind mm-hmm. of like to get me into the zone of what like kind of scenes i'm writing sure. and trent reznor and atticus ross are like the number one station i go to next one being uh nick cave and warren ellis okay like, I go yeah. to them constantly yeah they're like not nick cave in the bad seat no no, no. <laughs> but warren ellis helps out in some of the bad seat stuff yeah. he plays uh violin and some of the stuff mm-hmm. but yeah you know like their score for like the road or yeah something. right like i yeah. turned that hell or high lot. water yeah yeah exactly <laughs> uh the assassination of something jesse james, jesse james movie the yeah to the coward uh whatever yeah <laughs> yeah something yeah it's like yeah. a long title but it's a good freaking soundtrack but. yeah um you also work with uh that same director who did the road uh he actually wrote the movie and i think he also did the music for a movie called the proposition oh, okay which is an australian western huh guy pierce yeah, yeah. it's pretty good that's interesting yeah Ooh, that's yeah i'll have to check that out um so my biggest pieces of news of course (laughs) are the biggest pieces of news that are out there kind of that everyone's talking about right now and i know you're tired of talking about it but let's talk about it anyways i I promise you i won't won't bog you down too much i'm just i'm interested to hear your you know put aside the fact that you've there's an overabundance of cnl all the time just put that aside for a second i'm genuinely we're both we're both geeky boys that like geeky stuff so i want to hear your geeky thoughts on First of all, Justice League. Okay. We we have immensely differing views on Batman versus Superman. Sure. So with Justice League being presented in the way that it is and looking the way that it is, us getting the, I think it's the last and final trailer before it hits in like three weeks or something. Like, yeah. I'm hoping this is the last trailer, but uh, it's like what the third or fourth trailer, and there's mm-hmm. some new stuff going on. Like, what did you what did you think about it? I didn't watch it. You didn't watch it? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I I mean that phase now with like especially big movies like that yeah where i only watch the first trailer yeah because trailers just ruin fucking everything they do and especially dc for some reason released five trailers to give away the whole fucking movie (laughs) the whole guy they didn't do that with wonder woman though uh no no it seems like they kind of learned their lesson after suicide squad even suicide squad they didn't give away that much suicide squad batman versus superman batman versus superman is still prime example yeah yeah because they gave away like doomsday and everything yeah they done gave away literally yeah everything the first second and third act like, yeah they gave away yeah. everything the only thing they didn't give away was you know spoiler alert superman dying but yeah. even then when you see doomsday you're like oh so they're doing that yeah so you're gonna be dying <laughs> so you but, you didn't want you didn't watch the trailer then mm-hmm. have you heard anyone we we both listened to some of the same podcasts one of them being the weekly planet mm-hmm. they talked about it in a little bit on there did you watch their youtube video or Mm-mm. hear them talk about it or anything no, I, I think uh I'm listening to that episode currently, or I just finished the episode up, them talking about the new trailers, but yeah. I for, I don't remember what they said about Justice League, I think I just kind of tuned it out. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I've... Uh... They said Justice League, and I was like, Dawn of Justice, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... I was, I was pretty happy with it. I've watched it multiple times. Uh-huh. Um, I wish I could just avoid, like, just ignore it and stuff, right, but sure. with, with something being, like, so big, like, I... I'm so looking forward to it. I'm hoping they're not going to spoil anything. And plus with the stuff that I watch on YouTube and the podcasts I listen to and everything, I feel like 
it's I'm gonna find out about it anyways. So I usually just go out of my way and go ahead and watch it and try sure. to formulate my own opinions on it before I hear all the other stuff. Sure. And so uh yeah, the Justice League trailer came out. I mean, I won't spoil anything for you then if you don't want to have no, the movie. No, you can, you can talk about it's, it. It's, uh, well, so Clark, uh, not necessarily Superman, but Clark Kent is in the trailer. Mm. They finally do reveal that, I guess, Clark is, <laughs> Superman is going to come back in Justice League. Yeah, of course. He's, uh, but you can't tell if it's a dream sequence. You don't know what's going on. It doesn't look too dreamy, but uh, there is a section where what? we see him. How does Henry Cavill not look dreamy? I know, JT? right? Come what? on. What did I just Those say? abs? <laughs> yeah no he's out in like it looks like he's probably just come back to life or something he's okay. like standing out in a cornfield he's like i don't know who i am <laughs> he's like he he looks very happy does this he have is a beard a, or mustache I, no he doesn't uh, they, they edited it out <laughs> they edited out the mustache, the mustache? uh they uh, i guess they did um i think i think you'll be happy with this clip of clark kent because i know a little <laughs> bit of your problems with Henry Cavill portraying Superman and the DC universe as it is right now is that he looks so down. He yeah. looks so somber. He looks yeah. so upset about something. Everything. And in this, <laughs> he's like smi- He's like smiling nonstop. And I mean, who wouldn't be smiling? You just came back to life. You wouldn't be but, smiling whenever it's like, hey, everybody's complaining about how your portrayal of Superman is <laughs> like, oh, we better change it. Like, that's probably a good idea. Well, that too. Yeah. And you got like a new, uh, I've got another piece of news that ties directly into this, but I mean, you've got a new quote unquote director coming in and like giving well, you different I was about directions to say, too. I was just going to bring this up is that Zack yeah. Snyder is the credited director yep. now. That's not what, Joss Whedon yeah, anymore. Joss Whedon's not getting this. It, well, I don't think it was ever that. They brought in Joss Whedon to help with this stuff. Yeah, but they, they but there was him as a director also or as assistant Was director. there ever any confirmation with that? Because the only I, thing I heard was that he was coming in to help. Right. But there was never confirmation on like both of them are going to get like who's getting credit mm-hmm. where. But mm-hmm. now it has actually been, at least for me, I haven't seen anything else except for this piece of news that broke like a week ago that Zack Snyder is the sole credited director for this movie. Right. So, I mean, I know Joss Whedon's getting, I think he's getting like a writing credit or something. Like I know he, he's getting the credit somewhere. Sure. He came in and according to the stuff that we can hear online, he came in and did a lot of work Mm. on the movie, which we'll see how it ends up. They're like, so here's Zack Snyder's third grade art project. (laughs) We need you to paint over it. It makes something we can put into an art gallery. <laughs> but we're still giving credit to Zack Snyder. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. Sorry, Josh. Maybe you shouldn't have had that scandal yeah, come maybe out. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you should have actually been a feminist like you said you were. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, he's, yeah, apparently he's not getting too much credit for it. But besides that, so we have Clark in it. Clark's looking very happy. We have Aquaman doing his normal thing of, like, making jokes. Like, he seems very much the bro, like... I'm I'm liking all the stuff there. I'm not too familiar with the cartoon and the comic run. Like mm-hmm. I've read a little bit of the new 52 comic run, mm-hmm. but each of these people have this like awesome personality. Like, I, I'm I'm liking the personality that you're portraying for everyone. Sure. Aquaman is this like bro kind of guy where he's like, all right, like doing, like he's doing all this. I like to like, swim. Yeah, he's like, let's go, guys. <laughs> like he even calls like Cyborg. There's a part in the trailer where he gets knocked off and like he gets knocked through the air and Cyborg like catches him mm. and Cyborg's like, the ride ain't over yet. And and Aquaman's like my man. <laughs> it's like all right. Oh dear. <laughs> like he's very like broy, and it's yeah. like okay. And then you have Cyborg. Cyborg doesn't seem to have too much of a personality yet, which is he's a robot. He's a robot. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, I guess it's whatever. He said the same thing about Ryan Gosling in Blade Runner twenty forty nine, but it it actually helped his character. It did. It did. But it was also um, not a big you know big comic book no, movie. Yeah. Exactly. Where you like you want people like you don't want somebody that's like. 
yeah. monotone, this big, colorful, like, yeah, superhero he has, world. He, he wasn't with more, a personality. Yeah, Ryan Gosling's character had way more of a reason to be more somber. Which is depressing, dystopian future. <laughs> but you have all these, all these people in the Justice League thing. Wonder Woman's being this, uh, she's this god among mortals. Mm-hmm. She's standing here and she's just like she's trying to figure out like nothing of her personality has been established too much yet, but that's also because she had her own movie over the summer. So yeah, we it was like an actual is. success critically yeah. and commercially. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's unanimous. So they're all looking up to her at this point, <laughs> Yeah, but she's not doing too much in truth. She has a couple of smirks and they're actually like really funny. Like she has a couple of parts, like for some reason they're making her smile a lot in this movie. And so like there's jokes. <laughs> like again. Clark's all dead. And she's like, she's like smiles. <laughs> she, she's like, good. I'm the only one that's like a God around here right now. There's like one part where like the flash runs by her and you see her like face for a second uh-huh. and she gives like a weird smirk. She's just like, Meh? and it's like, what? And so you have her. I'm not sure what's going on with her. You have Batman, who's this, you know, Bruce, he's this human trying to pull everyone together and being like, listen, I've had nightmares. I've had like all this stuff. Like I've all the things I've seen, everything like I'm worried something's going to happen. It's not just like Ben Affleck's regular life. <laughs> It just doesn't. It would be like there's divorce. You see all those like pictures, like that paparazzi shoe of him just like on like rooftops, like smoking smoking cigarettes, and just like looking really depressed. (laughs) So I guess he's just summoning his personal experience to get through this. But he's, uh, you know, he's just a human trying to pull everyone together. And then my favorite so far, which I'm sure is going to be everyone's favorite, or at least mostly everyone's, is uh, the Flash. He's seeming like the comedy relief. Well, I mean, yeah, but he's seeming like the Peter Parker Spider-Man of the mm-hmm. DC universe. Yeah, so sure. everyone else is like doing not necessarily serious stuff, but they're doing all this other stuff and like getting ready to like fight and like Flash. I mean, from the trailers you've already seen, he's the one cracking jokes. He's the one releasing tension, but he's also very Joss Whedon-esque where he's like, you know how Joss Whedon stuff is where you have that like kind of one character in the movie that kind of like isn't the main character and isn't the character that everyone has seen everything through, but they're constantly calling attention to the craziness that's going on. Mm -hmm. And so there's like a part at the end of the trailer where like, uh, Bruce, uh, Bruce, Diana and Barry are all standing together because they're all in their, like their regular, like their citizen uniform stuff. Mm -hmm. They're in their, uh, alter egos and the bat signal goes up in the sky and Barry's just like, Oh shit, that's the bat signal. We got it. And he like looks around. He's like, Oh, sorry. And he's like, quiet. He's like, Hey, that's your signal. It means we got to go, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Bruce is just like, God damn it. Uh-huh. And of course, Diana does her smirk. She's like, <laughs> it's like, again it's like what is just going every on time here? a flash comes she, she's the one that's not a fan of it maybe she's, she's like nope <laughs> maybe she sees i hope that's maybe like a conflict between them she sees him as like too much of a kid or something yeah and sure. it's like we can't bring him in like we can't have him do this but uh i mean so far like they didn't show thankfully they didn't show too much more stuff it's looking like they've kind of learned their lesson uh, they're not giving away huge plot points, sure. I don't think. Mm-hmm. At least stuff that we already know is going to happen. Like, they finally show Clark Kent, but it's like, yeah, we, we know he's coming back. Like, right. That's yeah. fine. Like, we, we get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, though, it's uh, I thought it was a pretty solid trailer. They unfortunately do the thing where they're like, let's play a popular song during it at one point. It actually fits remarkably well, though. Like, real, like this is probably the best one they've done and it fits like really good unfortunately it's like i don't know the original song too well i guess it's like a cover of the song like heroes by david bowie or Mm -hmm. something yeah and uh 
I, I thought it was fine. Like I thought it fit really well. Um, it's yeah. And thankfully they're like, I've already said, they're not giving away too much stuff. So I was, I was really excited about it. Nice. It's got me even more excited about justice league, but you know, we'll, we'll see how it is in three, four weeks when it, oh, <laughs> when it actually comes out. So I'm just, glad, I, I'm just glad they haven't been given away. I don't think they've given away really too much of it. You could definitely kind of piece some stuff together, sure. but, uh, yeah, I think they're kind of playing it. They've learned their lesson and they're kind of playing it safe now. And it looks like it's going to be a fun movie. So it looks like everyone that's enjoyed Wonder Woman mm-hmm. is probably going to enjoy Justice League. That's good. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. Except for me. Yeah. No, I don't know. It could be good. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. There's only one way to find out, and that's to go to the movies. I think those tickets might be on sale, too. So I'm probably going to go ahead and buy mine soon. I know Thor's already on sale. Okay. So yeah. I want to I want to pick that up eventually, mm-hmm. too. But, yeah. What else you got? Uh, let me see. Anything. Anything at all. There was a... Uh, they are rebooting Lone Wolf and Cub. I don't know what that is. Okay, so Lone Wolf and Cub um, is an old, like, 1970 manga series. Okay. And they made six films of it in the 70s also yeah. called Lone Wolf and Cub. And it's about six a... Six films? Really? Six films. So, damn. Okay. Um, about a samurai who's executioner for the emperor. Yeah. And the emperor, basically, like, he's, like, feared all around the land that this, this killer... Um, and it's just called Lone Wolf. Yeah. And uh, Emperor basically betrays him. It goes to try to kill him, kills his family, and only him and his baby survive. So it's kind of a revenge story? Yeah. Okay. And so he's like, hey, like, all right, boy, like, choose either the sword or choose, you know, teddy bear or whatever toy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if you choose the sword, you'll come with me. If you choose the toy. I'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, you'll join your mother in death. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the baby like grabs the sword he's like does, all right does the baby understand what he's saying no <laughs> it's a baby it's like a baby, so baby. it's not a toddler or yeah it's no, a baby it's a baby so the, it's, it, it's this so, baby's so, just incredibly lucky so it's basically like him just pushing this cart with the baby in it <laughs> along the countryside and getting revenge so it's just like over the top violence samurai battles and um like the different the different films like it's like lone wolf and cub and yeah a um, bunch of them had baby cart in the title. Yeah. So it was like uh, um, uh, Lone Wolf and Cub, Sword of Vengeance. Lone, uh, Lone Wolf and Cub, Baby Cart at the River Styx. Yeah. Lone Wolf and Cub, Baby Cart to Hades. <laughs> Lone Wolf and Cub, Baby Cart in Peril. <laughs> Lone Wolf and Cub, Baby Cart in the Land of Demons. Oh, my God. And Lone Wolf and Cub, Heaven and Hell. Oh, my God. White Heaven in Hell. And... um. They also took the first two movies, when they brought them over to America, they took the first two movies and they edited them together. Yeah. Like, sliced parts out and, like, sew them together into a movie called Shogun Assassin. Okay. Um, which was referenced in Kill Bill Volume 2. You see Volume 2? Nah. Okay. I've actually just bought both those on Blu-ray, okay. but I haven't watched them. Well, there's, 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 a part the where, there's a part where they're watching it, like, you can hear, like, dialogue from the movie. Oh, really? Like, like near the end. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and the... And like other people like it's been referenced like there's samples used in like uh jizza from wu-tang clan uh his his album liquid swords yeah there's a lot of samples from it and stuff and and the manga series is like 28 like novels damn something like that so okay. it's like a big thing yeah. and it influenced a lot of shit like movies uh like comic book series like road to perdition and other things were like almost like light remakes of the uh-huh. idea of like you know the father and like child going out like after the families have massacred yeah. Yeah, 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 and kind yeah. of like exacting revenge huh. but um they're gonna be making a remake that's gonna be directed by justin lynn 
Uh, he did Star Trek Beyond, and he did uh, last few Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. Um, and it'll I be, really like Star Trek Beyond. You're nuts. <laughs> you, you like Into Darkness. <laughs> yeah, Into Darkness is my favorite one. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. It's incredible. Uh, it's not. <laughs> it is not. Um, <laughs> the only good part, uh, I'm going to go back and watch Beyond at some point, because mm-hmm. I like was really tired when I watched it the first time. The only part I liked Beyond was... Uh, the playing Beastie Boys when they fucking went crazy in the space fight. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is fun. I like yeah, this. Cool. The rest of us just like, Meh. I think Beyond's the best one. Really? Oh, yeah. Um, Andrew Kevin Walker is writing it. Who okay. He's the writer of Seven. Oh, okay. He's also, he did rewrites for the game. Uh, he's worked with Dave Fincher a few times. The, the game is a Dave Fincher film. Oh, okay. And he also had like a couple like cameo appearances as an actor in like Panic Room and Fight Club. Oh, okay. Actually, gotcha. in Fight Club, the three detectives that are, um, Three detectives? There's three detectives that are interviewing the narrator at one part. There's like one part where he's trying to turn himself in on Fight Club. Like he goes in there and he's like, hey, listen, there's this thing oh, called Project Mayhem. Yeah. And they try to cut his balls off. It's yeah, like he told right. us it was going to yeah. be a test. Yeah, that's right. But their names are Andrew, Kevin, and Walker. Oh, okay. They're credited as that. Gotcha. So uh, okay. him and David Fincher have a good relationship. Gotcha. But he'll be writing the uh, Lone Wolf and Cub yeah. film and it'll be directed by it's Justin Lin. It's been a while since I watched Fight Club. So I was like, what yeah. the fuck scene are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, so yeah, we put that out. And cool. I mean, if anyone just wants to go watch his old ones, uh, I'd say you should definitely do it. Super over the top samurai violence with like a lot of like bright red blood. Yeah. Like shooting out <laughs> of people and but just a guy going around with a baby and yeah. slaughtering people <laughs> violently. That's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll definitely, I'll definitely be looking out for the newest one. Yeah. That comes out. Yeah. Um, well, my other big thing, did you... Did you see, I mean, it's another big, just a big trailer, really. It's been two weeks since we've had an episode, so if we would have had an episode last, yeah, a recorded episode, so we probably would have talked, I probably would have talked more about this, you know, back then, but did you see the new Star Wars trailer? I've heard enough about it. You've heard enough about it? What Mm -hmm. what have you heard? I heard that um, it looks just like Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) Really? Oh, yeah. It has a lot of the same type elements. Like like one part that kind of looks like it. Yeah. There's a a part where it shows like an army line of like a walk, uh, Mm 80s. Like you see them like line it up and they're on that. They're on that. Uh, it's like been said like as a mineral planet, you know, in one of the other trailers, the spaceships are flying and they hit the ground and like red dust like sparks up. Apparently it's like a mineral planet. They've mentioned that like, I guess there's a rubble alliance on that base or on that planet. And so, that part I think is kind of like Dab, Empire and, where they have a battle on yeah, the planet, on the base planet. Yeah. That and Ray getting like tempted into the dark side, like Empire. Yeah. Like there's a whole confrontation between her and Kylo Ren in the trailer, yeah. which is like the it's, Vader Luke. It, it there is, uh, but there's like a. it's weird how they're doing cuts because you Luke's don't, a bad guy. <laughs> Yeah. I'm taking a guess he, he, right now. He's in, the, he's in the background of the poster. Everybody just like everybody yeah. else. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody's like like that's why I hate why I try to stay away from everything is seven and like eight. Yeah. It's like, cause there's so much speculation. People are just throwing anything that sticks at the yeah. wall. So it's like, that's the fun, more part, of, likely, that's the fun part about fandom there. Is that it, it is, but it's also annoying. Cause it kind of takes away, in my opinion, takes away from the movie going experience. Like, cause you aren't going into a movie like that blind at all. Well, so can, there's can, no you like, you can still be... saying there, you can enjoy it, but it doesn't have like the mystery. Or... I, okay. Okay. So here's where, are you talking about just with trailers or with people talking about it and guessing Both. stuff? Because the guessing part, I don't have a problem with, unless it 
it's like people who kind of know what like okay i got extremely pissed off with the season seven premiere of the walking dead not because it was a bad episode it was a great episode but because on facebook on one of the walking dead groups that i was in someone posted a freaking spoiler about like what was going to happen where it was like they had like beat by beat they were like abraham's gonna get knocked off glenn's gonna get knocked off and then Negan's going to fuck with Rick and then like give him an option to like chop off Carl's hand and then stop him at the last minute. And I was like, God, that's all really specific. And that'd be really interesting and really cool if that happens. I hope none of that happens now because you've already said it. And then everything happened. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? And the only reason is because he knew from a leak somewhere. That's, that's the speculation I have trouble. That's what I get annoyed with is when people go and find out leaks and spoilers and share it with everyone. That's what I have a problem with. What I don't have a problem with is the same thing with like the season finale of uh, Westworld. Have you mm. seen that? Mm. Oh, okay. Well, I don't want to. Wait, wait, Westworld, the show? West, Westworld, the show. Yeah. Are you just talking about the first season? Or, yeah. Or, or, oh, that's right. The, the, season, the, the, the season finale for the second season got leaked. No, no, I'm like, no, 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 Sorry. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched no, the whole thing. No, yeah, so, huh? yeah, someone was guessing on the first mm-hmm. uh, season already that that, that was going to be that time thing. Mm-hmm. And the old man was actually the other guy yeah, right. from like the other cutaway yeah. like this, I thought it was the, a good like that was a good twist. It was a good twist yeah. and someone already I didn't like, see a people I already yeah people already guessed him. it and yeah. I was like that'd be interesting and then when it happened I was like oh that's really cool like I still thought it was cool yeah. it's fine. It wasn't because something got leaked it was because like someone had a theory mm-hmm. and so I heard the theory and I was like wow it'd be really interesting if that happened. They have no confirmation about this anywhere right. <laughs> so it'll just be interesting. And so like that's the same thing like I don't care like when people say that about like I guess Star Wars stuff too where it's like all of these theories like I do find it fun that fans get really specific and they look at stuff and they're like what does this mean and what does that mean? Like I enjoy all that. I think it gets taken overboard with like the dissection videos on YouTube and everything and right, how look right. at this and see this and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, damn, just if you want to guess about stuff then I guess we can like talk and have fun. But like mm-hmm. you're taking 20 minutes of my time to delve into this like three second trailer. Well, I think and, it even comes to like headlines, like yeah. just looking for news. It's like going through screen ran and stuff. It's just like yeah. every other fucking story is about Star Wars episode eight. Yeah. Like to where it almost takes the fun or magic of it because everything is about it. Like they, I can uh, I can understand getting the fatigue so, from it. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and like even in like the headlines and stuff like that, it's like talking about like this toy gives away this yeah. spoiler. Yeah. Of Luke Skywalker yeah. or of Snoke or mm-hmm. of whatever. It's like I don't give a shit. Just let the movie <laughs> fucking come out. Just let it fucking come out. Yeah. Let me watch it. Like there, I, I definitely <laughs> agree that there's like an overabundance of people reporting on every little piece yeah. of something. I, de- I definitely it has get... to hinder their enjoyment of the movie in some way. Like, what? What? So they can be in the theater does. and happens like <laughs> knew it. Like anybody <laughs> gave a fucking shit in the movie. Yeah. Like <laughs> I spoiled this online. <laughs> like yeah. anybody there was no, like, I... did you? Yeah. Let me go and just march you around town as a savior. Like. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I I under I understand your frustration with coming with that. I just uh thankfully it doesn't I don't know, it doesn't annoy me as much. Like when right. people it, it annoys me very like it annoys me to some degree when I see people getting so so like as you were describing, like mm-hmm. deep into like looking at every little crevice right. of stuff yeah. and it just being constantly reported on online. I can understand the frustration with that, but it's I guess with stuff that I really, really like Star Wars is like one of my favorite franchises. So I guess Mm -hmm. since it's so like in the mainstream of culture now, I kind of just accept that. Like, it's kind of just like, 
its own thing. Now. Right. Star Wars is its own world, right. just like DC is its own thing, and Marvel is its own thing, and this stuff is just everywhere. We live in the we live in the you know era where fandom geek fandom is like extremely not only accepted but encouraged, and so I I look at it as overall a good thing right. that we're able to finally be like you're not looked at as the nerd anymore for right, liking sure. lightsabers or something overall it's a good thing mm-hmm. but it can get it can get very tiring so i i completely get that yeah. um what else did you hear about the trailer <laughs> uh that luke pushes ray off of a cliff or something maybe is that nope. in the trailer Something like that. Maybe that was a Seth photo. I don't know. Uh, it might have been a Seth photo. I don't remember that. There's some type there's, of there's a Furby car- animal. The, the, yeah, it's furry. called the Porg. That's Porg. A, it's a new. It's a new little race. It looks cute as hell. Uh, Let's sell toys. Yeah, exactly. Great. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the toys are already out for it. Yeah, I think yeah, so. I saw yeah. some people with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. Oh dear. <laughs> I got to make that money somehow because these movies cost an arm and a leg to make. So Gosh, they make their money for it anyways. But that was always like the the yeah. problem with like the prequels. It's like we made these three movies just to sell toys. Yeah. See, I don't see it as a problem though, because even with episode six, like they did that with the, uh, you know, Ewoks. Like, yeah, everyone yeah. looks at the Ewoks and they're like, I hate Ewoks. Like, I don't hate Ewoks. I'm, I'm fine with yeah, them. But they were okay. clearly made to make fucking money. They like, were, and I don't care. Yeah. This is a franchise. I mean, it's a form of entertainment. Like, right. Of course they're going to make money with this. Like, if I wanted the artsy doing it for the sake of the story kind of stuff, I'd go to franchises or I'd go to pieces of work that have stuff like that, that put that front and center, Mm -hmm. not something owned by Disney or whatever, or not like that, you know, I, I guess I just try to like, I, I'm like, I have specific places. I look for specific things. We've got this dark movie. Like everybody's like, there's allegedly what I heard earlier was that it's supposed to be the darkest film in the series and darker than Empire Strikes Back. It's yeah. like, it's going to be dark yeah. and more brutal. Uh-huh. And here's this little furry creature. <laughs> Look how fucking adorable it is. <laughs> Unless they curb stomp that thing, it's not going to be that dark. It's going to be like, oh, no, you, you got to have a balance. It's uh, just like with like Captain America Civil War or something where you have really messed up stuff going on. And you're like, man, this is like really deep and really emotional and just like, all the stuff's going on and like now Captain America and Iron Man are fighting each other and they were mm-hmm. best friends. And you have all these lines of them like being friends and destroying each other, like all this really deep emotional stuff. But then you have like Spider-Man jumping around, like you have a metal arm. Awesome. And it's like, like, uh, yeah, like it's just, it's, yeah. you have to, sometimes you have to like give a, you have to give the light stuff to make the dark stuff have even more of an impact. Sure. And I think that's really that. I don't think it's all they're doing with the last Jedi with episode eight, but I think that's part of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like even in empire strikes back, you've got, you know, Luke getting his cho- hand chopped off in one in one shot, mm-hmm. but then you have Han like Chewbacca laughing at Han and he's like, laugh it up fuzzball. Well, like, yeah. it's, like it's the same but, but, thing. Like, like you have these jokes, you have this lightheartedness, but, but you're, you're buying a toy. That's, you absolutely were of Chewbacca, yeah. No, no, Chewbacca making fun of Han Solo. Like, well, you're not buying a toy of that specific scene. Yeah, or exactly. Something. It's like but this thing is like here's poor... cutesy, cutesy animal we throw into the movie. Yeah, but the poor s- on the pure stance of making money off of this. I'm, thing. I'm not saying yeah. it's not that. Yeah. I'm just saying there's also a reason for it being in there of providing lightheartedness into something that's going to be very dark, especially if. You know, you're calling just like a lot of other people, Luke, to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. If you're taking the hero 
of the main Star Wars story and you're fucking that up and mm. like not fucking it up, not, you know, messing it up. But if you're you're taking people's pass and you're being like, hey, we're continuing on with the story and it's about to get messed up. Like if you're doing that, then I can understand adding in the adorable little alien to kind of add in some lightheartedness because there's like in the scene in the trailer, Chewbacca yells. He's like, ah, and then the, it cuts over to the porg and it's like, ah. Like it's like it's doing the same thing, mm. and it's like that's like yeah we kind of need some comedy like that uh, if our hero Luke is about to be the fucking bad guy right like we're going to need some joke we're gonna need Finn in there copping jokes with other you know with Poe and stuff like we're we're gonna need that we're going to we're going to need the lightheartedness with seeing Luke say you know there are no more Jedi or mm. the last you know the last of the Je- the Jedi are no more mm. like all this kind of stuff like if we're if we're having some dark stuff delivered to us, we're going to have some lightness with it too, to balance it out. But then also by contrast, make it even more dark. Yeah. And, uh, but no, I completely agree that it's toys too. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm fine with just dialogue. <laughs> but when you just like throw that thing in there and have like the little like, goofy type, like scream back and forth. And I'm just not into it. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. fine. It's, it's funny. It's funny. That they, <clears throat> it's funny that you wouldn't specifically be into that though. With like, there's so much of that in Star Wars. Like, there's so much like goofiness like going on. Like, my mom, when I was watching the original back when the hurricane happened, the only thing we had working uh, was the laptop, and so I was like introducing my mom to the Star Wars movies for the first time. And we're sitting there watching A New Hope, and like we get to the uh, cantina scene and most Eisley, and it's like. <laughs> just like goofy stuff going on and she turns to me and she's cracking up laughing Mm -hmm. and she's like i'm sorry jt i can't and i'm like no that's the point like that's what star wars is it's a fun adventure like it's a it's a story i was like don't feel bad for laughing like you're not making fun of it you're not hurting my feelings that's part of these movies and Mm -hmm. that's what i feel the fucking porg is that's all it is it's it's part of the movies of being the silliness and that's what i think the ewoks are like it's this silliness of like yeah there's other stuff to it of course they're going to make money off of mm. selling the toys on Amazon or whatever. But it's also part of the story. It's such a big thing where it's like, it's not supposed to be just this crazy adventure of like lightsabers hitting each other. Like it's supposed to be fun. That's why you have K2SO making sarcastic remarks in like Rogue One all the time. Mm-hmm. Like it's part of his story because he gets hacked and he's an Imperial droid and they bring him over to the rebel side. And part of his hacking is the fact that he doesn't really censor things when he thinks about them mm-hmm. now. Like, of course it's part of the story. I don't know how deeply connected the Porgs will be to the story, but they're like, that's part of the universe. That's just something that you take in stride with it. It's that silly, fun, ridiculous stuff is happening while at the same time people are trying to save the galaxy. Right. That's, I just, I guess it just doesn't feel organic to me. Like the canteen yeah. and stuff like that feels natural. Yeah, the absolutely. Yeah. Fucking don't the porgs. Well, we haven't seen the story yet. So well, I mean, yeah. how can you say you don't I mean, think just, they just, feel just organic from, uh, just by seeing the, you know, them in the clip. Just, just from the clips. <laughs> like just from But the they're not right like now. it. It's completely out of context. That's, and that's what's still good about the Star Wars. Like if they have a major part to the story in any way, it's going to feel forced, I feel. I th- I think you may only be thinking that because that's your expectation of it. it, it, it that's exactly what it is. So, but that that's what I'm saying, though. You're already thinking it because that's what you think is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Instead of just, like, there's no way around that, really, then. Like, you can't, like, if you're already, it's, it's the if same. You're already set on that mindset of it, then, like, you're, like, it's almost like you're not receptive to the scene it's, and what it's, else it would actually be. It's the be. same way of you defending them right now. How? How is it not? 
Because because how's it not like this? Because if I'm if I'm not for it, and you're for it. You're arguing your point. I'm not. Right no, now. no, no, I'm not for it. Here's yeah. the, here's the difference. Here's the difference. I'm not for it. What I'm saying is is that you seem to be very against it mm-hmm. based on stuff that's taken out of context. Mm-hmm. I seem to be not knowing what the fuck's going on, and I'm waiting to see what's going to happen based on the fact that I haven't been given any context. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you're getting annoyed by it yet, which is it's fine. Like you're allowed to do that, but like I think you're getting annoyed by it when you don't have like when you have an assumed reason for mm-hmm. it and I'm not annoyed by it yet. Cause I don't know anything about it. Right. And I'm being optimistic. I'm like, Hey, maybe it will have part of the story. Hey, maybe it will like, it's part of the star Wars universe. So it's going to be goofy. Like, Hey, this is all makes sense to me, but I'm not like justifying it yet. Right. I'm just like, I hope it's like that, mm-hmm. but I have no fucking idea yet. Mm-hmm. It was kind of the same thing with a lot of people who complained about like Ben Affleck and BVS. And I was just like, yeah, Ben Affleck's not my favorite actor, but We'll fucking see, I guess. Like, I'm not going to say it sucks right. yet because I haven't seen it. So I'm not going to say they made these decisions yet because I haven't seen it. And that's that's just how I feel with Star I'm surprised we talked about the Porgs this long, but that's <laughs> that's that's part. Like, I'm, I'm just interested in hearing other people's thoughts on it. And I'm so surprised that you would think this yet without be, being given any, like, context for it yet. It just feels like another marketing scheme, which so kind of takes away the luster of the movie. Okay. Like, it feels like just, like, another thing where, like, it feels like studio interference. It doesn't feel like something that Ryan Johnson came yeah. up with. I, I guess I just don't, like, feel... It feels the... like something studio's like, oh, by the way, put this thing in there. Yeah. This'll sell shit. But... And he's like, well, I don't really want to do it. Like, we're going to put that shit in yeah. anyways. I, so, yeah. I guess... That, so, I get that. I guess the main thing is, is I just don't understand exactly why you feel that way yet. Because I haven't seen anything to indicate that. Because it's the same thing as the prequels. Because <laughs> like, it's... But, but I haven't seen, like how how do you just look at him look look how it because looks. it's a cute animal in star wars it's not the first one yeah i i know but <laughs> anytime they appear that's a cute little animal like yeah. you said it was a marketing purpose it was to sell toys it didn't feel organic to the universe oh i mean sorry the ewoks did but it didn't feel like it was something it didn't feel like it was something that that needed to be there like a lot of the creatures and yeah. like cutie stuff cutesy stuff and like the prequels and stuff like that it was yeah. all just to sell merchandise we want to sell to kids these are three movies that are made for children but we're marketing it like all star wars fans yeah. don't give a shit so i guess and the thing i don't get people so i guess the thing i don't get with it is that like because even in the prequels, I don't see that too well because there was not maybe because it wasn't successful because mm-hmm. there wasn't people rushing out to buy like Jar Jar Binks dolls or something. Mm-hmm. So like maybe I don't see that because yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it was before. Yeah. Like I, I don't know too much about it, but I could definitely see people Star Wars coming back 10 years, a decade later yeah. and people being like, oh, this is the new character. Let's go buy the dollar or whatever. Because yeah. I did that with Kylo Ren before Episode mm-hmm. 7 came out. Mm-hmm. I ordered the thing off of Disney.com and paid $40 for a talking action figure so because he no. looked cool mm. it's i under i understand like your concern for it yeah i guess mm. i just don't have enough of the reason yet to really have that concern because like if we're looking at a creature that is just merely cute and we're like assuming it's just there to sell because that's the same thing with like the tauntauns in episode five it's like yeah they're cute they're little like furry things that you can like pet or whatever yeah, but, but i don't gets, think they're in there one gets sliced the fuck open though yeah one gets killed and sliced open to keep Luke warm. Like, yeah. it served a purpose. Like, this is something they're actually using. Like, and so you're I don't making... see how this little thing is serving anything. So I can yet. I can understand if you yeah. want to say you don't see it yet, but I just can't like, like I I can't be like, oh, it's specifically for the toys. Like it might, you know, it's definitely they just want a baby Groot. 
I can see that. Yeah, definitely. Disney just wants something that's like, oh, we all love her. Going to put in. It. it doesn't feel. My problem is, it doesn't feel like it's organic to Ryan Johnson's view. It does. But it doesn't feel like something that he put it like. Yeah. Like they're writing the script and like, here you go and like perfect. You put this in there. Awesome. This is. I just don't see where it's coming from yet when we literally know nothing about the movie. Well, we don't need to. It's just imagery <laughs> alone. You, we're just it's watching. It's an alien, though. Yeah, but the, just then you can see that it's marketing. <laughs> it's just a cute alien sitting next to Chewbacca. I can't, like, I can't sit here and be like, oh, that's just marketing. Like It, it definitely <laughs> is. I mean, just from that, it's a cutesy little big-eyed alien. That is totally a marketing scheme. But you don't know anything about the story. I don't need to. That's a marketing scheme. So, so if the so if the episode, I'm not saying I think this is going to happen, uh-huh. but if episode eight comes out and the Porgs play a pivotal role in it, is that when you're going to be like, I guess it wasn't a marketing no, scheme? No, it's still a marketing scheme. Just like the Ewoks. <laughs> when the Ewoks not become a marketing scheme? What's that? When the Ewoks not become a marketing scheme? I don't know. It was originally supposed to be the Wookiees in episode... I remember Three, hearing that. Uh, yeah. Episode six. Yeah, yeah. I remember it hearing changed that. out for the Ewoks because they were marketable to children. Okay. Because it sold toys. Yeah. Well, it's still marketing. It doesn't yeah. matter. They could put this movie out. The porks are still the porks. It's still a marketing scheme. Okay. <laughs> I just don't see enough of a reason for it yet to like think that. So. <laughs> just look at it. It's made to sell to babies and kids <laughs> and stupid fanboys and like. They just want to buy toys. It's just ma- raking more fucking money off of Image. <laughs> I mean, that's there's so much of that already in Star Wars, though. Like, there's so much cute stuff that they already make money off of Star Wars. It, exactly, <laughs> and they want to make more money off of it. But this, just like the Ewoks or anything like that, they made money off it because it's a cutesy little alien. This is just another one. So it just feels like marketing going into your, you know, dark movie. To sell okay. toys, cause you don't want to lose your kid fan base, <laughs> you know. All so. right. Well, uh, we're forty six minutes into it, and we're still talking about pork. Yeah. So I guess we'll. I guess we'll go on to other other stuff. Uh, I don't see it that way yet, cause I don't have a reason to. But apparently, you do have the reason, and you see it that way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if anyone's got any letters to write in about that, let us know how you see it. It's really? uh, it'd be interesting to hear, cause you're you're the only person I've heard really expressing this so far. Mm-hmm. Is uh. Is the you know worry about like this kind of thing? Because even I'm if I'm not it is, worried about it, it's yeah. just an annoyance. Like okay, I'm sorry then. Not not the worry of it, the annoyance of it. Then like you're the only one I've heard really with these with these franchise things are coming out now where everything's a fucking universe. Everything is you know these movies. Yeah. It's like let's make these you know these movies. We're gonna get Star Wars movies from now until the day you fucking die because yeah. Fucking why not? Or getting super like nine superhero movies a year, whatever. I enjoy them. I, you know, there's some I really like and stuff. Yeah. But it's just like even that, it just like feels like an advertisement every movie to where it's just further fatigue. So now you're seeing this movie and you're turning, you're still seeing the merchandise and seeing this, but now you got marketing within the movie mm-hmm. too, so you can go to Walmart afterwards and buy the little figure for this. So it's just like Everywhere you fucking turn, just like I said about going to like the news realm and everything like that. Everywhere you fucking turn, it's just about these big universes. It's just like, let can a movie just be a fucking movie? Like, do we always have to yeah. be worried about? Star Wars about... is already already that. Like, it didn't start out like that. New no, Hope, no, New it Hope didn't. But George Lucas movie. pimped his shit out, yeah. and then he sold to Disney, who pimped, who's been pimping it out farther. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's just the way it is. Like, yeah, no, I get that. Not that I'm not excited for episode eight. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, I, I'm not super excited about, it, but you know, I definitely want to see it. Yeah, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens, you know, just with these big franchise things in general. Mm-hmm. They just become their own fucking thing, and people buy all the toys everywhere, mm-hmm. and you know, it's it can definitely get tiring. Like I, I get tired of seeing like franchise stuff, sequel stuff, reboot stuff happening all the time. But at the same time, sometimes they're really good. And so, you know, they are there, there is enjoyment out of it. And I hope episode eight gives us that enjoyment. At least, uh, we'll see what happens with it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's other stuff in it though, besides the porgs Mm -hmm. and that's all good stuff, but we're almost 15 minutes into the episode. So we're just going to jump unless you have any other news. Nah, Kevin Smith is giving all his, Jesus Christ. He's giving his, uh, any um, restitutions res- make res- it, residual yeah. uh, money is making from the Weinstein films because he made 14 yeah. films and 11 of them were with him or something like that. Yeah, he was a huge performer. Uh, like he's going to give them to the actress, young, young. It's basically aspiring actresses. Um, What's it called? Uh, it's a women in film. Yeah. Uh, which is Women of Film is a company that's for aspiring actresses and stuff yes. like that. So it's going to be giving $2,000 a month. Yeah. Yeah. From to... his, the stuff, the money that he keeps making from products the of Weinstein. the Weinstein Company. Yeah. Which, yeah. if our listeners don't know what's going on with the Weinstein Company, mm. there's been some huge shit over the past couple of weeks since, you know, since we've, it's been announced since we've recorded last, mm-hmm. which was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harvey Weinstein, I guess like, you know, the head, the kind of main guy of him the Weinstein and, company. Him and Bob. It's like him and his him brother. And brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was like one of the big guys of the Weinstein company, someone that Kevin Smith and a lot of other people, even Quentin Tarantino, like worked with a lot. Mm-hmm. And it is, there's a floodgate that's been opened against him. Mm-hmm. That is, he has been accused and of like sexual harassment with women and like, just like every time you turn around it's like another woman has a story and it's it sucks to like it's like i don't have any sympathy for harvey weinstein because i'm like yeah no if you did all that then like what yeah, the... i have no sympathy for harvey weinstein yeah. but but at the same time <laughs> you know you have all these you know actors have been around forever to coming out yeah so with their sob story about it it's like this shit's been going on for years like y'all could have stopped this like or come out and insist on your point, but my yeah. the one that bothered me the most <clears throat> was Jane Fonda, because Jane Fonda's a fucking bitch. Yeah. But um, yeah, she came a, she came out there and she's if I'm like, thinking of the same lady, it's like yeah, she's annoying. As yeah, well. yeah, she she comes out there and she's like, I can't believe that I let this go on so long. Like I feel so ashamed. Yeah, but she's also the actress that during Vietnam when it was posing in pictures with the NVA. Oh okay. Like and with POWs, yeah. so she's like back in the day. She was like helping reinforce like the very same thing that was kind of being called out like now or something. No, she was posing with prisoners of American prisoners of war, huh? And NVA soldiers, yeah. And then like came back. So like if you talk to anybody that served in Vietnam or anything like yeah. that, they fucking hate her oh, in okay. every way. But now yeah. she's like, oh, I can't believe like I supported this. Like yeah, yeah. but you also fucking supported <laughs> goddamn North Vietnam. I, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't speak to that too yeah. much because I don't really know much about Jane Fonda. Mm-hmm. But I will say the whole entire thing behind like these women, like a, I definitely don't think they're sob stories. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're coming out to like get you know emotions from other people. Mm-hmm. They're they're coming out because they feel it's a time to come out now that they mm-hmm. can come out mm-hmm. and they can say all this kind of stuff because they live, they've worked in an industry that is completely shit on them since like day one. 
but then also like I, I I I don't necessarily agree with the thing of like why are they coming out after you know so much like so much time or whatever mm-hmm. like being a victim of sexual assault is yeah. something that doesn't really have like a time frame yeah, so course. it doesn't matter if you come after out for it like a day afterwards mm-hmm. or 10 years afterwards mm-hmm. like you're, the story is still valid they still have a point they probably have their own personal reasons like sexual like it's one of those things like especially if you're if you talk about it yourself and you're you're like you've been the victim of it. It can be something that's incredibly embarrassing to come out to talk about. Mm-hmm. And so I don't really have a problem with these women coming out five years later, 10 years later, 20 years later, and talking about the stuff that Harvey Weinstein or anyone else and the mm-hmm. company has done in the world and the fucking like Hollywood mm-hmm. smorgasbord they have over there has done to them because it's, regardless of when it happens and when they bring it up, it's just completely fucked up. And Har- Harvey Weinstein in particular is like a piece of shit. Like they've had, there's like recordings of him. Like I listened to one of the recordings of him, just like, he's so greasy and so disgusting Disgusting, and just like talking to this woman and like trying to get her to come into his bedroom, like his hotel room. And she's like, no, like she's not comfortable with it. I don't know like where the recording came from, but it's disgusting. It's like, you want to like wash yourself after hearing him trying to right. hook up with a woman because he like has no like shame about anything. And he's just like trying to make the woman feel guilty, trying mm-hmm. to make her feel like intimidated, mm-hmm. trying to make her feel like sorry for him. Like all it's completely fucking disgusting. Yeah. Right. But that's what's going on with Harvey Weinstein right now is. And so there's other, there's a hashtag going around. It's called like me too. And a bunch of women. Yeah. I mean, even I've seen women like on my Facebook that Mm -hmm. like I have known for a while where I'm just like, didn't really ever think about it. And I saw them posting me too. And I was like, fuck, like they're like, there's a girl that I, I've uh, worked with up in Portland before. And then she, she like, I saw her on Facebook, uh, coming out that she had been raped twice in her life. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like this stuff happens a lot more than we like to yeah, think about it. Well, I mean, it's and hard for just, us as like men to even like yeah, think about it. It's because you know? we live on the other side of the paradigm yeah. where it's not really happening. It does. It doesn't happen as, as common. Yeah. Like, as, I mean, it's, it can, it's not it can happen to men also, yeah. but not nearly. It, as, ab- it absolutely It's not does. nearly yeah. as, as it's common just not for as, us. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's not as common. It doesn't happen nearly as often. And, another part of like another part of it is that our society is really built around this like toxic masculinity that's geared towards a rape culture and specifically women being treated as sexual objects and being victimized. Like we're constantly reinforced with that. And so we're, you know, us as white male Americans, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. we're on the other side of it where we don't have to see it very often. Like we see it and we don't think about it too much because that's how we think a lot of stuff works. Right. And then we see, all these other stories pop up about, you know, situations that we're not in. And (laughs) it's, it's really hard to comprehend. And I'm, I'm glad that at least there, you know, he's been kicked out of the Harvey Weinstein's been kicked out of the Weinstein company. He's been, uh, his membership for like, I think it was the producers guild of America and writers. Guild of America. All that's been revoked. Yeah. The Academy revoked. Yeah. Like everything. But now, now stuff has come up about his brother. I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. I heard some stuff uh, about that. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know his name too um, much. I only know Harvey because of Kevin Smith podcast. Like he would mention him and be like, "Well, oh, I mean, you Harvey. know, Kevin Smith is talking about like their relationship, and you know, for a long time." But mm-hmm. he talked shit about Harvey before about the Weinstein yeah. Company after Zach and Mary make a porno. 
Yeah. Because yeah, he was talking yeah. shit about them and like yeah. how they didn't market his movie and that's uh-huh. what it failed and blah, yeah. blah, blah. But I'm just saying the only reason I even knew about Harvey Weinstein was because oh, yeah. Kevin Smith. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> not, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like that he had already talked about them yeah. before, but now that he's coming out and he's like, I can't believe like, you know, yeah. the, the, you know, support of them or whatever. It's like, yeah, well, for the, like the last seven years, like you guys were on pretty bad terms. <laughs> I mean, but, they, but still, they definitely like, were. You yeah. know, they definitely branded him though. Like, yeah. you know. He was definitely reared in. How in, in, do you know how was, close uh, the Weinstein Company was to like Miramax? Because I know a lot of Miramax. Stuff I'm pretty was sure. With. I'm pretty sure the Weinstein Company picked up where Miramax left off. Okay, because sure. I knew a lot of Kevin Smith stuff is like yeah. kind of in the vein of Miramax yeah, stuff right. like produced by Miramax. Yeah, I'm pretty whatever, sure they and... became two big heads of it afterwards. I'm, okay, I, I'm not sure. Of, uh, don't quote me on that. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, but um. Let me see here. But yeah, continue on it. I'll, I'll come back with that. No, uh, I mean, that was pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> Weinstein being a piece of shit. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it, yeah, they only have Miramax Television now. But the founder... Oh, Miramax was founded by Bob and Harvey Weinstein. Oh, they're so, so, yeah, and they turn, then they turned. <laughs> then they, they made the Weinstein Company. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, shit. there you are. Uh, yeah, so... And then Kevin Smith is getting his residuals and then giving that all to you know, help out women and film yeah. and stuff. So that's, but that, that's the whole thing around that. So that's a good thing. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's all I really had. Yeah. You got anything? No, that's all I got. Cool. All right. Let's move on to our review yeah. of happy death day. Mm-hmm. So we've already mentioned a little bit earlier. If people can't uh, grasp completely the <laughs> our, our opinions on it just yet, I really like this movie and you really don't have an opinion on the movie. No. Um, it's just another movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, spoilers, non-spoilers? I'll do non-spoilers, I okay. guess. So, non-spoilers, like, what do you think? What's uh, what's going on? Like, what did you think of the story? What's going on? And, what I think like, the how story did you, was? How, how, did, how did you enjoy it? What parts of it did you enjoy or whatever? Would, you, would you recommend it without, you know, spoilers? Hmm. No. Huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I can. Yeah. Um, I think that it's humorous. I think that it's, it's, it's got quite a few funny parts in it mm-hmm. here and there. Um, I definitely chuckled. But, like, just it overall just didn't do anything for me that yeah. much. Um, it's not a terrible movie. Um, it has, you know, some pretty solid humor in it and. It's just really hindered as by a its rating. Mm-hmm. It's PG thirteen and it's pretty noticeable, and it's a movie that's clearly made for the MTV crowd. Yeah, <laughs> for like the MTV tween, like the music choices in the movie, uh-huh. her watching Teen Mom two yeah. or whatever on yeah, TV. Yeah, something on TV. Yeah, like mm-hmm. everything about it is just like preppy, like teen tween. Like that's why it's a PG thirteen. Like let's get in this crowd. Yeah. Like we don't want to lose so they by can make making, more money. Yeah. 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 Like you were mentioning before at lunch is that uh they want to make an R movie, the director did want to make it mm-hmm. like way over the top. Yeah. Which I've been more fine with, but then you lose that that demographic Absolutely. of the 13, yeah. 14 year olds that can just go to the movie and buy a ticket themselves <laughs> yeah. without having to get parental supervision. And so Blumhouse has even less of a chance of making back the money. Yeah. The exactly. low amount of money yeah. that they spent. Because the whole Blumhouse thing is like, hey, let's make a horror movie, movie yeah. under five million dollars. 
and then Usually. let's recoup all that money. Yeah, and yeah. Like, they, so, they made this one for four point eight million, and the box office so far is thirty nine point five yeah, million. Yeah, so they just is, made thirty million dollars, which is massive. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, um, which I think is a really smart. Like, even though I don't really have a lot of their movies that I really, really, really enjoy, mm-hmm. I think that's a really smart move. That's mm-hmm. to do something low budget that you know you can do low budget to do all this like. To set like a, you don't have to make a hundred and fifty million dollar movie like Blade Runner that's like three hours long or something. Uh-huh. Like instead, you just make something for a couple million, yeah. You make it like ninety minutes, mm-hmm. and then you get back like they made like thirty million dollars. Like yeah. that's a good profit. That's stuff that can go to other. That's the success for the director, also. Yeah, you know, it looks good on their resume. It's Absolutely. like when they make something for small and you keep it low. Yeah, and the market is going to be there because it is Blumhouse. That the return is that you don't really have a failed director or writer because yeah. the movie made back its money. Exactly. So <laughs> Hollywood isn't looking in on other than that you made a horror film, which yeah. usually is is still kind of like a gray area for mm-hmm. like big wigs around Hollywood and stuff. Yeah. But it doesn't look like a loss on your part. Yeah. As is a creative mind. Definitely. And sometimes you get movies that are written and directed and actually original and well-regarded critically mm-hmm. and commercially, like Get Out this year. Yeah. Or, or like Split, you know, even though I was a huge fan of it, Split was well-claimed in both money and in uh, uh, critical claim. Mm-hmm. Um, Did it get big critical? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't yeah, really care, yeah, care for Split. Yeah, me neither, but it got yeah. high critical claim. Okay. Um, so uh, I think people were just more surprised that, I'm not sure I'm going to put out two good movies in a row. <laughs> um, I think the main thing is my whole theory behind Split is that, like, the only reason people like it as much as they do is because it turns into an M. Night Shyamalan movie at the end. Like, it's the whole entire movie is like one thing. Yeah. And then for some reason, the twist at the end that it's like has to do with uh, Unbreakable mm-hmm. is like what, ma- like, that, that's not enough to make this a movie. This movie just for feels me. like a build up to Glass. Yeah, split. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, split feels yeah. just. It just. It just feels like the prequel movie to Glass. Yeah. 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 The the sequel to Unbreakable. What yeah. uh, the crossover film between Unbreakable uh-huh. and Split? Yeah. Yeah. Um. It just feels like it's like just the introduction. It uh-huh. doesn't feel like you know its own thing. But anyways. Yeah. But yeah, Blumhouse. You know, I mean, like we talked about before, it's why they put out like all these paranormal movies. They mm-hmm. put out like all the paranormal activity movies. Actually, Super the first paranormal. Yeah, yeah. The first paranormal activity movies. How it, it kind of got started. Uh-huh. And everything back two thousand. Nine. Yeah. Fun. Um, uh, fun fact. Both the actresses or actors in that movie, the the male and the female, mm-hmm. <laughs> they they both were hired off of, hired off of Craigslist for five hundred bucks a piece. Really? That's it. Oh wow. Yep. <laughs> huh. And they were in Paranormal Activity one. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and they got paid five hundred dollars. Um. Uh. Yeah. Um. But that's why he puts all these Paranormal Activity movies, all these insidious films, yeah, and these yeah, yeah. Conjurings and stuff. It's yeah. like. I don't give a fuck about these movies, yeah. but you have these, you know, teen bopper crowd and, Absolutely. you know, yeah. and, you know, other people are like stupid haunting films. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, if that's what you're into, that's fine. Yeah. But I mean, all of them are the fucking same. Yeah. It's all, you just want to get startled, jump scares. Exactly. Bop, 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 that's, you what, know? that's what they want to do. Yeah, but make, they make they their money back though. So yeah. they put this movie out for, you know, 20 mil. Mm-hmm. Those ones are probably a little bit more expensive. Yeah. But, um. They make a shitload money, and they're like, "Okay, we'll use this money to go and fund these other little films that actually have like integrity and artistic vision to them." Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, well, I mean, it's just it's their version of Blumhouse is doing a different kind of version of tent pulling. Mm-hmm. They're doing this thing where they're like, 
for those of, for those of you who don't know out there, tent poling with a film is you basically a production company or a director, usually a production company, some kind of company will do these bigger movies. will do these like other movies that they have a lot of confidence in that they know are going to make big amounts of bucks. Mm-hmm. So that they later those the funds from the profits from those movies can be funding the other more personal projects they want to do. And that's like, that might be what, uh, like I think Blumhouse is definitely doing it. They're just doing it in a different way of instead of like making all these big movies with big budgets that are like crazy awesome that people love, they're making a lot of these smaller movies with smaller budgets. They put a shitload of them out a year. Exactly. And mm-hmm. they make all of this money back. Mm-hmm. And then they go and make something like Get Out where they don't have to worry about like just Jordan Peele's directorial debut. And they do that. And that made more money than most of the other ones. Yeah. That made more money than like Annabelle creation or, you know, but the thing is, it's like, they only get those funds. They're not ready for it. Yeah. They they only like in the world of Hollywood, money is freedom. Right. And so you get all of these profits and you don't have to worry about the creative restrictions of what you're going to do on your personal piece. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's not something that just Blumhouse does. That's something that all production companies do. Right. But Blumhouse does it a little differently where they put out just like they almost kind of do the whole like quantity over quality thing sure where they're not good movies but they're just out there and they're out there and you don't realize this is a blumhouse and this is a blumhouse and this is a blumhouse and so you're paying money not not us because we don't fucking care about most of those movies but all of these other people who want the cheap jump scare thrill stuff Mm. they go out there and they pay all this money and they're just giving Blumhouse extra money yeah. for for when Blumhouse wants to do something like yeah. Get Out or The Purge or something. Which The Purge like isn't amazing, but it's it was interesting and unique. And yeah. that that's what I like about some of the Blumhouse stuff is that they have these it's different. Sometimes, sometimes they different. have these different ideas, and I that's mean, what I like about Happy Death Day too. It's an interesting idea. Like it or not, and I hope I don't offend any viewers, but general audiences, yeah. Are idiotic <laughs> and they're they're sheep they just go to hey is this hot or is this what is you know yeah. whatever like with especially with horror movies like, like you got people like either teens are still developing a taste for what cinema is yeah or you got general audiences that think that oh this is supposed to be scary now because it's jump scares oh that's yes. what's scary yeah instead of not being able to tell the difference <laughs> I, between being I startled i wouldn't or, go as far to say idiotic but uh, i would definitely say let i don't want to sound fucking stuck up less cultured like they don't like there's film Mm -hmm. and there's movies yeah sure and so a lot of these people go out and they want to see a not a film they want to see a movie yeah that's that's about as close as i can really come with it i never never saw more than whenever i went and saw earlier this year saw uh, it comes at night in theaters oh okay but at 827 yeah a twenty four, a twenty seven, a twenty four. Yeah, um, when they put out that movie, which is an art piece horror film, not mm-hmm. jump scare movie. Yeah, and by the end of it, I had there's all these crowd that came. It's like that movie fucking sucked. And we're yeah. like yelling, like boo, like what yeah. a waste of my two hours. And yeah. me and you know the other three people I saw it with are just saying they were like. I don't think they understood the movie it wasn't <laughs> yeah. like that. It wasn't Annabelle creation or yeah. the yeah. new fucking. Uh, conjuring film or yeah. whatever the hell you yeah, know definitely. people just don't understand they're like oh it's a horror movie so you'll be startling me like every yeah, five seconds with a yeah. ghost I'm mean, out of the dark yeah it's, sometimes people's unfortunately sometimes people's expectations of certain things aren't met when they yeah, go into a movie absolutely yeah. and that, no. that happens yeah for sure that's <laughs> with me all the time yeah <laughs> that unfortunately it happens with me a lot too and that's really why I enjoyed this movie so much mm-hmm. is that it 
finally didn't happen. There's so I've I think I've described described it on the show before, but I'll go ahead and describe it again real quick. There's a couple of things I go through sometimes. There's like four states of mind that I go through when I see movies or film like films or whatever. Uh, one of them is that I expect it to be good and it is good. Awesome. Whatever. Cool. That's fun. Good job. Uh, another one is I don't expect it to be good and it's not good. Same thing. Good. My expectations. Fine. Whatever. I expected it to be garbage and it was garbage. Whatever. Sure. Another one, which is the absolute worst feeling in the world, is expecting something to be good and it isn't good. And I'm like, God damn it. I really wanted that to be good. I was really looking forward to that. And it was not good at all. What the fuck? That's when I get the most upset in movies is when it's not good and I want it to be good. My favorite feeling in the world is going into something that I don't really have expectations for. Don't really have like I'm not a, I'm not thinking this is going to happen or this is going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to like it or not. I'm just like, whatever, we'll watch it. And then I love it. And that's my favorite feeling because I have this thing that I'm like, wasn't expecting. Like I went in kind of fresh. Like I was just like, whatever, we'll see what happens. Right. I don't know what to expect from this. I don't know stuff from the director, from the writer, from the actors. Mm. Uh, I don't like, no, it's not a series. It's not a franchise. It's not a reboot. It's not a sequel. Like sure. I let's see what happens. Mm. And that's what happened with happy death day with me as I went in and I didn't know like anything. It's, I think it's a really fun, unfortunately, like you said, kind of PG-13 MTV version, but it's a really fun, like, standalone Twilight Zone, like, short kind of film thing. Sure. Like, it's this weird thing of something's going on. You don't know what's happening. It never gets too gory, but it never it never gets, like, too extreme almost in any way, mm-hmm. which a lot of people can see kind of a hindrance, and I didn't. And I think it's just because the movie, the mo- I think the most extreme it gets with anything and that is that it's just, for me, it's really fun. And it's only fun because of the lead actress, Jessica Roth. I think she's very good at, she plays this, like, the beginning of the movie, she plays this really bitchy, like, sorority girl in college. Uh, she's going through, she's like, she's like rolling her eyes at people, insulting people, like, sitting here, like, spent, she doesn't have the time of day to deal with this shit and, like, whatever like i act like this so other people should act like this and if they don't they're the ones that's stupid and it's not me like all this you know the average like the stereotypical movie portrayed sorority girl right sure and that's what she is and she goes from that to this like completely confused out of like harebrained like victim where she's like what's going on i'm gonna die people think i'm crazy oh my fucking god like no one's helping me i have to fend for myself like what the fuck's happening like she goes from like this to this and then in the end she's like has a complete transformation where she's like i'm happy i understand what's gonna happen now i finally got it solved things are gonna be okay and i've become a better person like i've learned all this stuff and i'm Mm -hmm. not going to be who i was like i'm going to be something different i'm going to be better and so I think she's really good at portraying stuck up bitch, uh, damsel, damsel in distress and fun. Don't give a fuck girl. She like hits all of those beats in this whole movie. Mm-hmm. She's just like flawless and like every single one. Yeah, of them. sure. And I was talking with you earlier and I was like, I, I legitimately put her in my own category or my own mind. I put her on, uh, on level with Gal Gadot from wonder woman this summer mm. where like Gal Gadot hit all those beats too. She was in the movie and she was like, carrying that stuff she was mm-hmm. the she was the you know metahuman god that mm-hmm. was just able to knock people across the you know war field she was the fish out of water who was really confused and didn't know how a spinning re- re- revolving doorway worked yeah right. she was the like you know 
proud woman who was going to like stand up and say no we have to fight we have to do this while Mm -hmm. other people were cowering she she was all those things she was like the confused like i'm going to lose someone if i don't do anything and i feel completely helpless and i'm not going to be able to do this by myself and she like she hit all of those things flawlessly and that's what jessica roth feels like for me in this movie where she's got these emotional beats that she hits throughout the whole movie and i think she just does it with such perfect it's unfortunate because she's the only one in the movie that does that (laughs) but but the movie is about her we're in her day it's her birthday we're Mm. going through her life multiple times we're seeing we're changing along with her we're finding stuff out with her i think it's a really good example of like a movie focusing focusing very well on its protagonist but unfortunately it does it too much where the protagonist is like the only character yeah the other that's characters the downpour they, yeah. they try to do with the love interest type character yeah um but um it, it, it he just he just say he's that nerdy guy yeah that, he's very he's nerdy nice guy yeah, yeah exactly there you go that's yeah. all he is that's like, all he is There's it's no like depth you know your one chick that's the head of her sorority is mm-hmm. you know bitchy girl yeah, and, yeah which i'm okay with that because that's supposed to be superficial yeah you're supposed to have the sorority girls be yeah. so it reminded me a lot of uh like heathers like the mm-hmm. 1980s yeah like, i thought, I thought about no one around, yeah, yeah it reminded yeah. me a lot of that where it's just mm-hmm. like these bitchy girls who are yeah. like you know they, they don't have any depth like that that's actually a plot point in heathers mm-hmm. where the kid other kids in school after heather chandler quote unquote commit suicide mm-hmm. they read her suicide note and they find out that she was more than just a pretty girl and that's part of the story is that like oh she is more than just a superficial thing and they don't do that in this movie no. but it's still like that's i'm I, I excuse her her name's danielle she's the bitchy one in the movie i excuse her on this because that's what her character is supposed to be she, she could have been a lot more but she has a bruce campbell chin does she? Yeah. I point out to Chris or watch him like her her chin looks like Bruce Campbell's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she does have a very strong like it's a feminine face, but it's a strong it's a yeah, strong it's face very, too. It's got strong features. Yeah, it's very yeah, yeah archetype. Like yeah. But she has like a really like square jaw. Yeah, I can see that. Like a yeah. den in it. I'm like yeah. she has Bruce Campbell's <laughs> jawline. <laughs> and she's attractive, but yeah. I just pulled it just yeah, yeah, point yeah, it out. Definitely, yeah. Um but yeah, I, I don't know. Um She's like the only thing that that mattered in the movie, which I think she did fine. I think she was like one of the saving graces of this movie. But yeah. for me, it wasn't it wasn't emotional enough for me. Okay. And it wasn't cheesy or like as as campy over the top as it could have been. Yeah. Like 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 this movie should really relished more in its idea. Like mm-hmm. in in its concept. Um, See, I thought it I thought it did. That's where it was really? like I, I enjoyed the campiness of I thought there was emotional scenes like the first time I saw the movie where she has her emotional scene with her uh, father, I literally almost cried in that yeah, scene. Yeah, that's a good scene. I was like, Jesus Christ, that's a really good mm-hmm. like slowed down scene. That's yeah. really good. But I thought it was kind of relishing in the especially in the montage. There's a montage where like after she figures out what's going on there's a just she's going life through life trying to figure out who the killer is yeah, and there's like one point killed. where she's got yeah. like night vision goggles on yeah, right. like, like yeah. i thought it was can- See, i thought that, it had that its part moments. is like, yeah. like that part is is good but like yeah. the rest of it is just i don't know like it just didn't you're saying it doesn't do it enough i guess it that doesn't... that it will work better as more satirical like it didn't yeah. feel like if it was more of a satire like okay. scream yeah yeah then it could about hit, something like, like it felt like it wanted to go into that territory like yeah. it was it was walking that line of being yeah, a satire yeah. but it, 
it still didn't want to lose its fan fully base. Fully committed to it, yeah. Like Wes Craven like... remade Scream. He's just like, this is satire. You like or you fucking don't. Yeah. This one wanted to walk that safe line still. You and, know. And I think I think a lot of that is uh, the studio like oh, yeah. interference sure. or something. Yeah, sure. Because you, you, I mean, you said that the the script originally was supposed to be a bit different. Yeah. Um, or his vision was, yeah, it was way a, more violent, way more over the top. Yeah, which it was originally better. it was originally called Half to Death. It wasn't called ha- uh, Happy Death Day. Mm-hmm. It was called Half to Death, and it was a lot more gory. I don't think it was her birthday originally in it. Um, and there was also a different, darker ending to it that, if you remind me, I'll talk about in spoilers. When okay, we there. But, cool. Uh, there was a different ending to it too. All right, that was really fucked up. Okay, wow. <laughs> All right, yeah. yeah. Um, and and. I think that also kind of, if it was to go that satire, but also went more, like we talked about, one of your negatives as well, is that you kind of wish that it went a little bit more slashery. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But if it did Because that's go, how they sell it. That's yeah, how yeah, then that's what I was trailer. kind of excited yeah. for. I'm like, oh, it's a slasher film. It's not yeah. a haunting movie. Good. Yeah. Yeah. But like if they got the R rating mm-hmm. and they did a slasher movie or splatter film. Yeah. And they made like every one of her deaths like over the top ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It would have been more fun, I yeah. think. But instead, it's just like kind of shows up, just stabs her, and usually when he stabs her, cuts away. It does, yeah. yeah there's like a couple good parts. Really. Yeah, there, there's a part um, where there's like a funny kind of death where you know uh, this guy is trying to seduce her or whatever, and he puts on this like loud music, yeah. and she's like texting, <laughs> not paying to attention, the dome, yeah. and then shows behind him, and he's like getting stabbed it's by the guy. Hilarious, it looks yeah. like something off like scary movie yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then that part, I'm like, okay, well, that, that, that was kind of fun. Yeah. But like, everything else is kind of like. You know, even even in the montage, like yeah. he turns around, stab. All right, you're dead. Yeah. Yeah, you know, let him do this stab. Okay, you're dead. Yeah. Like whatever. Like if they did the gore things, like they could use like weird like things, like you know, like chainsaws or whatever else. You know, it's something way over the top that yeah. kind of you know becomes satirical of the slasher genre Definitely. in itself. But yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes the studio doesn't want to see you do yeah. that or whatever, yeah. especially if they want to keep that PG-13 rating yeah, and but, make the money. But it's definitely it's definitely Groundhog's Day. Yeah. You got a piece of which shit is, that kind of becomes better through. Yeah, yeah. Day. Which is, uh, I really wanted to. Unfortunately, my timing didn't line up with it with how busy I was with work and other stuff I was doing. But I've never seen Groundhog's Day. Oh, really? So I wanted to go back and watch that before a before seeing this movie, but then b before even doing the podcast, so right. I could at least kind of know the comparisons and mm-hmm. stuff. But I just didn't get a fucking chance. So right. <laughs> I didn't yeah. go back and watch it. But I've heard it's good, and I yeah, they got reference to it near the yeah, near the, at the end. end. Yeah, yeah, they make a joke about, about it. It's like I've never seen it. Yeah. And like, well, Bill Murray's like, I don't know who that is. Like, <laughs> oh, man. He's like, how do you sleep at night? Yeah, yeah it's, right. Uh, yeah, it's really good. Uh, so before we jump, we'll go ahead and jump in the spoilers. But before we do, uh, like, just your recommendation pass on it. No one. I'm, I'm going to give a pass on yeah, mine. Yeah, fair enough. I I mean, like, if you can't already fucking tell with yeah, me saying yeah, it's probably my are, movie of the year, yeah, I yeah. absolutely want people to go see this. Mm-hmm. I I literally went with four people to go see this movie. I've seen it with you, seen it with Ed, and saw it with Megan and her roommate. Like I so five because it's me and Chris today. Oh yeah, and Chris, <laughs> yeah, so five. And if someone else hit me up tomorrow and was like, "Hey, I'd be like, let's go." Chris, Chris would be interested in hearing his review because he I would have hated it. <laughs> I would have loved if we had like another microphone to have him like guest star yeah. on it today and be like, "I love it." You're mad on yeah. it, and he's like, "I hate it." Like that would have been such an interesting yeah, right. uh, such an interesting lineup we could have had, but. Anyways, we'll go ahead and jump into spoilers. Uh, so the whole movie is, if you can't tell from it so far, it's Groundhog Day. Like, the way it's been best described is Groundhog's Day meets... Mean Girls. Like, well, kind of Mean Girls, yeah. But it's, like, Jeez. also, like, Scream or something. Scream. Or I Know yeah. What You Did Last Summer or something. It's mm-hmm. very much 
there's a sci-fi time loop going on, which isn't really sci-fi. It could be considered supernatural. They never explain it, which I was fine. With. I think that's best. Yeah, it does, yeah. It doesn't. Be I was fine, fine with. It. Didn't didn't need an explanation. But uh, there's a time loop going on for some reason on the girl's birthday. Her name's Tree. I'm pretty sure her name's like Teresa or something. They just call her Tree, but she goes by Tree. Or I've never heard of anyone. Hippies, so Maybe I don't know. Back in the day. <laughs> but she's uh, she's got her name's Tree in the movie, and it's like the only person I know a name of in the movie. Um, well, no, you, you knew the one girl's name. Oh, yeah, Danielle. And Carter. Is, and Carter, is, the boyfriend. And then I think Gregory is the older doctor teacher that she's hooking mm. up with. Um, but yeah, she's going through this like time, time loop thing. And then she's also got someone who she ends up finding out is like killing her, like at the end of the day, like every day. Like someone's like hunting her down. They specifically know it's her birthday and they're killing her. But then you've also got she's being a bitch. She's in a sorority with other bitches, like all this kind of stuff. And so you've got like a mean girls thing kind of going on, too. So it's this uh, like that's one of the reasons I really like the movie is because it's like slasher time travel, high schoolish bitchy girl kind of thing. Like, I, I love stuff like that. And it was a mixture all of all, mm-hmm. all, of, all of all of it. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, but Tree is she finds out she gets killed. She gets killed. She wakes up. She's really confused. She goes through the day again. Uh, she gets killed again. She wakes up. She's freaking out. She goes through the day again. She gets killed. She wakes up. <laughs> she finally talks to the guy that she's waking up in her his dorm room, Carter. Mm-hmm. Uh, she explains it to him, and then he's like, "Hey, you've like you're waking like you've got unlimited lives. Like you should try to figure this out." And so there's this hilarious montage. She goes through it. She tries to figure it out. She keeps dying. She's crossing people's names off the list that she knows isn't doing it because mm-hmm. she sees them before she dies. Uh, all the, all this interesting stuff. And then she finds out that there's a killer actually in the town that's like in the hospital. And so she thinks it's him. Mm-hmm. She goes and tries to deal with him. Uh, Carter ends up getting killed trying to defend her. And so she's like, fuck, like I have to reset time so I can, I have to reset the day. So Carter doesn't die in this timeline. Mm -hmm. So she commits suicide Mm -hmm. and she wakes up again, knowing that it's him. So she gets ready to go deal with him. And, uh, she goes to fight the guy's name's tombs. I think Uh, she goes to fight him. She beats him and she She goes from the fuck up. Yeah. And then she, she goes to bed that night and she wakes up again, fucking in the dorm room. And she's like, what the fuck is going on? I thought I ended this. Turns out it was her roommate the whole entire time that was trying to kill her, which I, I like that twist. I was like, this is, I, li- I liked it. I thought it was cool. I didn't think the character really had motivation, but I liked the twist. Mm-hmm. But uh, you end up finding out it's the roommate. Her roommate was trying to give her a cupcake the whole time. The cupcake was poisoned. And every other day, she'd never eaten the cupcake until the day before. And so she figured out she died in her sleep. It was the cupcake. So then she found out it was her roommate. And so she kills her roommate, which I guess are like no repercussions for. Because, she, she, like, yeah, yeah. Clearly, I'll because say that afterwards, she's she forced her the cupcake and then she kicks <laughs> her the kicks fuck her out, out of a window. window. And then, like, after that, she's in a diner with her boyfriend. And, yeah. like, there's no, like, so I mean, that's the whole movie. And mm-hmm. so, like, it's just a constant thing of her going through the same day. But it's not like just her going through the same day and trying to figure out who the killer is. She's also there's this I really love the story of her like being a bitch and she's only a bitch. She only keeps people distant. She only keeps people away from her because she was really close with her mother who also shared her birthday. Her her and her mm-hmm. mother's birthday was around the same day. Mm-hmm. And so 
she her mother died like three years ago Mm -hmm. since then we end up finding out that tree became this like distant cold like she never talked to her dad anymore she would be rude at school and just whatever just acting out because she doesn't have her mom around anymore right and she goes to this stuff where she goes living through every day she starts realizing she doesn't care about she starts seeing what's important she Mm -hmm. wants to live she wants she wants her you know carter to live she wants, you know, she keeps on ignoring phone calls from her dad. She wants to reconnect with her dad. She doesn't give a shit about the sorority anymore. She doesn't care about like this. She doesn't care about that. She tries to be nicer to people. Like she ends up becoming, you know, going from, you know, a bitch to a nice person. And I feel like I'm going to sneeze. Uh, mm-hmm. Damn it. Is that it? Nope. No. Okay. But, uh... <laughs> You just, you just <laughs> shit yourself instead. <laughs> uh, but no, she's just, it's a really simple, it's not that complicated of a story. No. And I think it's fine. Well, like it's she, fine. she is, she goes through a change of heart. That's all it is. It's a change of heart story. She becomes someone. I don't think she becomes someone different. She just becomes someone. She returns to being her normal self. Cause you see her in that picture where she's talking with her mom and they're celebrating their birthday. They have the big birthday cake. They're sharing with like one candle on it that they blow out together. She's like joking with her mom and her mom like pushes her face into the cake. She's like laughing and having a good time. Like, <laughs> like this isn't like, a, that's new... a little bitchy thing to do. I'm surprised <laughs> yeah. you missed your mom. What a bitch. <laughs> they, uh, that's, that's what I like about the movie is that she's not. So I don't know how to compare it to groundhog days in that sense. Cause mm. I know groundhog's day, he changes as well. Yeah. But I don't know if there's a reason for him being a dick in the first place. Cause in this movie, yeah. she's, it's not that she was always a bitch. Mm-hmm. She had become one. Mm-hmm. And so when she changes at the end of the movie, it's not that she's changing into something new. She's returning to her former exactly, self. Right. And I really like that. Mm-hmm. In Groundhog's Day, is there something similar mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. Or, oh, okay. Yeah. Is he originally like a nice guy and uh, then becomes me? I think and, so. Okay. Yeah. It's a while since I've seen it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough, yeah. Uh, I'll go back and watch it at some it point. Should. It's and a good, then, it's like, good movie. And then report on it at some it's, it's, point. Yeah, but... it's, really, it's really good. Yeah. Um, Harold Ramis directed it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've heard that, yeah. And, um, yeah. And, and wrote it, I think, oh, also. Okay. Gotcha. You know? I mean, Harold Ramis. Whether if Bill Murray wants to admit or not, made Bill Murray, so. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> That's why they, they, they didn't talk for years. Oh, really? For, like, 20 years. Oh, okay. up, up until Harold Ramis was about to die. Oh, Bill wow. Murray made yeah made up with him in the hospital but Jeez. basically they were like hey Harold Ramis made you like yeah he Ghostbusters stripes Groundhog Day all the, like he's right on SNL without him you would be nothing he's wow. like that's not true <laughs> it's kind of fucking true yeah, yeah. dang <laughs> Caddyshack everything <laughs> okay dang yeah uh but yeah uh happy death day um I'm trying to think of some positives <laughs> um uh let me see. I like the idea that they're dressed up like the college mascot. Which is a baby. Which is a baby. <laughs> but Beaumont? Beaumont University? I think so. Something. It's in like Louisiana or like something. Beaumont yeah. babies. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah the that. Beaumont babies. <laughs> um, I like that he's kind of dressed up there. You know, that they, they uh, kind of gives a little bit more. It could have had a little bit more of a mystery angle that way. Like there's a few times where it's like. Oh, it's like she just finds a mask and like, yeah, Gregory's Which is, yeah, drawer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, the, it's him, but yeah. it's just like probably just like got it because he showed him just selling it. You know, yeah, funds go yeah, to exactly. the school. It probably just has I, one. I, yeah, I like this. There's like red herrings in the yeah. movie where you're like, wait, a minute, what? And then it's like, no, okay, no. yeah. But none of the red herrings really fell for. Like when it was like the killer 
Well, they, they make you think it's tombs. I'm like, it's not tombs. Yeah. I was I hoping the whole entire time it wasn't. I was watching it, and I was like, and then they started doing it. I was like, fuck, it's him? Mm. Really? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, right. I was getting, the first time I saw the movie, I was getting pissed because I thought they were doing something stupid. Like, I guess I didn't have enough faith in the movie. When I first went right. it being like, are you kidding me? That's what you're going for? I didn't see it turning. Yeah. Yeah. But it does. Um, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you, did you like the, the fact that the roommate was doing it? Oh, yeah, it was fine. I like yeah. that it was such a petty reason. Yeah. Yeah. I like that it was just like, oh, you're just fucking this guy. That yeah. I like, I, I like the guy part, like the part where it's like, you're like, she even, cause this movie multiple times kind of calls out some, some of the absurdity mm-hmm. in some of the situations. And so she's like tree when she's, when her roommate's yelling at her, it's just when she finds out her roommate is the one trying to kill her. She's like, this is all over some guy. Yeah, <laughs> and it's right. like, they're calling attention. I kind of like that. They're, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what's the term? Hanging a lampshade on it. They're like, it's a thing. It's kind of silly. And so they're like calling attention to it. Yeah, sure. I, I like that they're doing that. And it's part of the story. The only part I didn't like is I don't really care for the villain too much, mainly because she's like, because Tree's like, you're doing this because of some guy? And I'm like, oh, okay, that's funny. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, no, you're a dumb bitch too. And I'm like, what the f- like, are you kidding me? She's like, I work at a hospital and you just fuck guys all the time. You're a fucking slut. Fuck you. It was like, I understand that they were just trying to like make a joke or something. It just didn't land for me. Right, and I was like, yeah. even though I love this movie and most of what's like, in it. A lot of jokes didn't land for me. A lot, like for the second half, a lot of the jokes. Didn't. Yeah. Like I thought the jokes were pretty tight at the be- beginning and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. My, my favorite joke is when she walks by the one girl. Yeah, that always waves at her. Oh yeah, sorority. And just like walks in, and she's like, uh, "It reminds it reminds me of uh, on Spider Man Homecoming, the 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 news, the school oh, news. Really? Yeah, like just like kind of walk afterwards and would, like show the guy. And it's like, it's, it's like I'm not like going to dance with you and just like show the like, yeah. like yeah, just that look on his face where it reminds me. Of the same I can understand that. Yeah, it's just like in, she's it's just, like just the same hurt look yeah, on her face. Like, it's just incredibly awkward yeah. after the confrontation. Yeah, so it's exactly. like I, I get that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely something that even I was like cracking up with uh, the girl who's waving at her and she's not mm-hmm. giving her the time. That's something that I thought incredibly. What I what I thought was really funny was just uh, when she when she gets going, like when she finally fully embraces, when she leaves behind the bitchy persona and she starts like, that's when I really start liking her. Like when the whole montage where she's going through and she's doing all this stuff and she's like dyeing her hair and she's getting like super into Like I love the part where she's like, we see her like, all right, she's going on a mission. She's going to find out who this is. And you see her like creeping across an alley yeah, <laughs> and it's right. like, she's crawling up to a one. I'm like dying laughing. Yeah. And she's like looking up at the guy. And she's like, Oh, okay, he's in here. And then there's that whole gay joke yeah, thing. Yeah, it looks like he's like, about to masturbate. He's like masturbating to like gay porn. And she's like, like watching gay porn. Yeah, her like mouth drops. And then she's like, oh, oh. oh. And she's like, smile. She's like, nice. Oh, okay, oh, good for oh. him. And then she turns around and gets stabbed Down, and yeah. like dies. Yeah. I, I love all that. And then like she gets into an argument with the Danielle girl because she thinks it's her. So they get into a cat fight and fall into the road and get mm-hmm. run over. And she wakes up again. Uh, my favorite one, just because I think it's such a. It's such an, like, I love this shot. It's not, like, a unique shot or anything, but it's just a nice, like, I enjoy that they got creative with it. Was the one where she gets hit in the head with a baseball bat, which is unfortunately in the trailer. But she turns around. She has a baseball bat that she's ready. Like, she's like, this is the killer. I'm going to knock him out. She turns around and hits someone. And I think it's the Asian girl that's in the the sorority. She, like, knocks her out. She's like, oh, fuck. And she's like, Becky, Becky. And, like, trying to wake her up. 
and the killer comes up behind her and grabs the baseball bat and she turns around and gets hit in the head with the baseball bat, not immediately dying, but dying before she hits the ground. And so there's this whole tilt of her falling. And when she falls, she falls into the pillow in yeah, the she bed the pillow. and she's yeah. waking up the next yeah. day. Yeah. I really, really like that really? shot because yeah. it's just like, it's an interesting, it's a creative transition. To yeah. be, it reminded me a lot of, uh, I don't know if you ever saw the music video for like, I don't listen to him too much. It's like Kid Cudi. Where, uh, is that how you say his name? Kid mm-hmm. Cudi? Yeah. Sure. Uh, his song, The Pursuit of Happiness. Mm-hmm. There's two different versions of that music video. And one of them's like super crazy where it's like weird stuff going on the whole time, like in the house that he's in. And there's one where it's like he opens the door and falls down onto the couch and like gets up from the couch and like goes out the door and falls into another couch and gets <laughs> up. And it's just like this whole like thing. You're like, it's just him falling. Yeah. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? It reminds me of a lot of that where uh-huh. it's just like, it throws you off for a second because they're doing the transition in such an interesting way. And I really like seeing that, like though they just tried something. Cause a lot of it's like they would, it was also interesting to see like the repercussions of things afterwards. Sure. Cause there was one where she got drowned. And so when she died, she woke up and she like spat up some water. She vomited water. Yeah. And then yeah. there's one where she, uh, where she hangs herself mm. and when she wakes up, she like cracks her neck or something. Yeah. And it's, it's just this funny stuff that they were like, Hey, this, not only is it like tying the situations together, but it's also kind of hinting at that fact that we end up learning that she doesn't have an infinite amount of lives. When she mm-hmm. first tells Carter of this, he's like, oh, okay, well, the way I see it is you've got an infinite number of lives to find out who killed you. And she's like, okay. And so she starts doing that, and we see her get up sometimes, and she's like, ow. And that's because we end up finding out she doesn't have infinite lives. Every time she dies, well, she it's goes leaving. to the hospital at one point. Exactly. Yeah. She passes out and they have to mm-hmm. take her to the hospital. And they end up finding out there's a shitload of trauma on her body, like inside of her body. And come to find out she's carrying some of these wounds with her. Mm-hmm. And so when she gets killed, it's literally hurting her. And mm-hmm. she wakes up and it's not like completely hurting her where she is like still dead. But it's to the point where it's like, it's fucking with her. Like, it's wearing on her. She's not going to live I th- forever. I think it's another problem I had is that after they do that, she dies like four four or five more times. I think it's only two, two times more. Three times. She finds that out, and then she dies in the car. Car, and then she gets hung, and then she, and then she eats the... Hung, gets hung, and yeah, so it's yeah, three she, times. Yeah, yeah, she eats the cupcake. Which, those aren't very traumatic ones. The yeah, hanging one is definitely they, they, one. They, Blowing up is yeah, traumatic as well, hell. Yeah. The hanging, yeah, it's pretty traumatic. But then, like, dying they, from being poisoned. Like, uh, yeah, but yeah. still, like, it doesn't come back at all. Like, it's introduced. Yeah. We're just like, okay, well, it's affecting your body. But it better if they brought it back in the story of, yeah. like, she's weakened and... She has to go and kill her, like whatever, whatever, whatever yeah. it's her confrontation with her they, roommate. If they would have gave it actual stakes, yeah, and, and they try and they yeah. try, when she's fighting her and she's like fucking up. Instead, yeah. she just forced a cupcake and throw a kicker out of the fucking window. Yeah, yeah. Like if it was like more of a battle, like between them, that like, would have been really good. Like, yeah, like a hair pulling yeah. fight, but she's like, she's like really like if weak she's like a... vomiting up blood or whatever, <laughs> and she's like, uh, or like you know, yeah. like previous injuries she had from earlier in the film are coming back. Yeah, that would have so been good. So she tries to, like, swing that. at her and, like, arm kind of, like, pops. She's like, okay, yeah. And then she gets, I, like, that been really good. Shit, yeah. or something like that. That yeah. would have been cool. But they don't... Absolutely. Like, they introduce it, but they don't do anything I can, with I it. I can see your problem After the then. fact. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like, okay, well, this happens, and it was just, like, a reason <clears> for her to know that Tombs was in the hospital. Yeah. Or know where he was in the hospital. I get that, yeah. And then, like, the next day she like, shows up there, and she gets that fight and shoots him up, like, like gets thrown around into glass mm-hmm. like she takes a huge amount of damage yeah yeah <laughs> like not even dying like yeah. just getting thrown against things and shit like dies. that yeah <laughs> he's a cupcake dies but yeah. um 
I, know, I can I can see that. That's a really good point. Yeah. I wish they now that you bring that up, I wish they would have done that that yeah. way because it's so like they introduce it, they introduce it, and then it's like it doesn't really have like it's 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 more of a conflict. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not an ongoing con- mm-hmm. conflict. It's just something for her to learn and be like, oh, okay. Like she well, gives she mentions it again, yeah. like. The but it never it never fucks up anything up in the no, future. No, yeah. no, no. I think it should have. So it's like the end of the movie. I'm just like, oh, so she's gonna be like dead in a few weeks, right? Yeah, <laughs> she's just from like internal hemorrhage. She might be. Oh, and so the uh, inter- the ending that I was gonna say in spoilers. Mm-hmm. So the darker ending they originally had, they made a whole cut with it, and they actually did test screening, and some people didn't like it at all. But the original ending of the movie was going to be that she. Uh, finds out it's the roommate. She does her thing. She defeats her and whatever. But she actually gets hurt in that fight. And so she's like, she wins, but she like goes to the hospital and she wakes up the next day. But she's in the hospital and she wakes up and like Carter comes in to see her or whatever. And she's like, hey, he's like, hey, are you okay? And she's like, what day is it? What day is it? And he's like, he's like, no, don't worry. It's the 19th. We made it. And she's like, okay. And so she's like, all right, everything's good. And Carter's like, yeah, you're okay. Like, everything's fine. You're going to be all right. And that's kind of like the end of the movie. And so like he leaves and a nurse comes in to like help her and like is putting something in her IV and the nurse takes off the mask and it's Gregory's wife. And she's like, you thought you were getting away with this? Uh-huh. Nope. And like goes to kill her again. Uh-huh. And so it's like a different killer on the next day or something. <laughs> so like that was the original ending. And people were like, no, really, I like that way better. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't think it would have, I like the more happy note it ends on where yeah. it's like she has a change of heart and she... I think it fits better with the PG-13 rating. It definitely does, yeah. It's it was, R rating. Yeah. Do, do that one. Right? I personally, when I was watching it, if I I was thinking about... Because I think about things how I, I would have wrote them sometimes as, you know, as, as a screenwriter. Rocky, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you know or not. Oh, no. I'm, I'm a screenwriter. I never no, uh, <laughs> so, like, when I watch stuff, I think about, like, how, how, I, how would I have done it? I think the way I would have done this is that, like, I just don't know how it would have ended. So, like, I don't know if I would have been able to pull it off. But I had the idea in my mind where it was that she keeps dying and she keeps trying to figure it out. But it's, like, a different person every time because sure. she's just a bitch to everyone. And that, everyone at, hates At first, her. that's what I thought Did it was going to be. Okay. After okay. she kills, like, the one person, I'm yeah. like, she keeps to come back. And I want to keep on, like, removing masks and be, like, a different person every time. I was, I, that's what I was hoping yeah, was going to happen. That's what I was, like, when I was watching. And I was like, that's what I'd do. I yeah. just make it a different person. And yeah. she's just a complete and utter yeah. bitch to everyone. Uh-huh. And everyone hates her. And so like a different time, it's a different person. Yeah. And they're all trying to, it just happens that they're all wearing the mask so they can try to get away with it. And yeah, I thought that would have been really interesting. I, w- I would have made it more 80s feeling. Yeah. Like it could still be set now, but I would like have like a synth score for it. I'm yeah. Like, had yeah. Like, more like, like if it was like, I would have, a, you know, like I mentioned before, yeah. kind of going back to like being a satire of slashers yeah. and stuff like that, but like really embracing it. Mm-hmm. So like with the R rating, like putting like the synth score over it, it kind of be yeah, like a throwback yeah. to like eighties yeah. horror. Cause it does, stuff. it does have a very teen bop MTV like, yeah, score that, to that, it. That, that like really it does have this like really goofy, like it's just like goofy music playing while she's going around. I do like some of the pop songs that are playing, like especially the montage, mm-hmm. like she's walking around, she says fuck it one morning and she's walking out naked and it's just like a song playing. Like, I don't know the song, but it's like some pop song yeah. and she's just like pointing at people and like, Hey, how's yeah, it going? Yeah, and doing catchy. the finger guns yeah, and stuff. And yeah. It was a catchy moment. And I really enjoyed that. I think overall, I think that's the main reason why I enjoy this movie so much, even throughout this whole year is the fact that it, it's it's fun in the way that like it's an interesting story 
told with a very I find her a completely lovable character. Mm-hmm. I think she's I love her story arc. I love what she's going through and I love the idea behind the story mm-hmm. because it's not a sequel, it's not a reboot, it's right. not a franchise. It's not any of this stuff. It's just so like it's such a weird like I just imagine someone in like black mirror trying to come up with this like hey what if we had someone getting killed and it was just like every day they got killed like their day reset well, black mirror make it figure... super fucked up <laughs> and, it, and it will bother you make you sick to your stomach that would yeah that would be the thing we're just uh, like ah like i hurt now you know i was glad that this movie didn't try that's why you know even though you and uh chris were saying Shit, that's his name, right, Chris? <laughs> I never say his name. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? Uh, that's why you and Chris, when you were saying it, and you were like, I wish it was rated R. I wish it was gory. I wish it had more stuff like this. Like, I don't think any of that really would have added to the movie for it so much really? for me. Because when I come, when it comes down to the movie for me, mm-hmm. what I like about the movie is the character and is her arc that she goes sure. through. And I just don't really see the violence playing too much of a role. Maybe in that just part. that I feel like Groundhog Day did it better yeah like I can see just that. the story yeah. better yeah and so to really set this apart other than there being a serial killer i think that it needed kind of embrace a more ridiculous it needed to go more yeah, over the top to, like, to set it apart or something because then it's like oh she personally a good person has been done better groundhog day is just a better Fair film I, I get that yeah. um yeah. uh but um my other problem with it uh shut up we're not talking about problems yeah, we're talking you know, about good stuff um was uh that's not gonna say there's, there's there's another point I had. I don't think it, I don't I don't even think it was a problem with it. Oh oh, um, is that the it felt like one of those shows that are on MTV now yeah. that's like like Teen Wolf or Scream Queens Definitely. or whatever. Definitely, where it felt like that, and I think that's just like oh, this looks like a movie they would show on mtv absolutely so it's kind of like eh, it's just i'm yeah. not i'm not that crowd yeah. you know I'm, i definitely like i don't feel like i'm that crowd either that's yeah. why i'm legitimately confused as to why i like that movie yeah, so, so much, much. Yeah, right. it's the same thing with like you know like heathers or mean girls or something where i'm just like why do i like <laughs> I, I run into these problems sometimes where i, I try teen girl on the inside i, I guess so i try <laughs> not to I'm not saying anyone else does this, but for me, I'm try- I try not to filter myself on like what I will enjoy and what I won't. Mm-hmm. I try to be completely emotionally and intellectually like open to whatever I receive. Yeah, sure. And so when I see something, if I just like, if I like it, I like it. And if I don't, I don't. And I try to think more, you know, learning about more about film. I try to think more on these, like, why do I like something? What, what is it specifically that I enjoy? What is it that I don't, what is it that I appreciate or have problems with? And even after doing all that, it still comes back with a movie like this. That is absolutely like the three showings that I've been to. Most of the crowd is like these teenage girls in the movie. And I'm just like, we, unfortunately we got kind of screwed with it today. Cause the two next to us, like wouldn't shut up. Oh, they they were? like kept talking through the movie. Oh, I didn't really hear them. Yeah. They were like right there. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, like most of the other, the other audiences I've been in, have been fine. But these two, for some reason, like wouldn't. And that just happens with any movie. Sometimes people just won't be quiet or won't be considerate of people around them. But it's so weird to just like, I get, I, I, I confound myself sometimes and I don't know why because I I like stuff that's like weird that I don't get why I should like and then I don't like other stuff that I absolutely should like Blade Runner or something like I I could never I like this movie like I wish I had never seen Blade Runner 2049 
and had just seen this movie again or something. <laughs> like, I just don't care for Blade Runner. Wow. I don't know what it is. Blade like, Runner 2049, my love has been, like, growing more and more. I, I saw you movie. talking about that. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, I've tried to think about it. I've watched, like, it's some gonna, reviews. It's probably going to be people... on my top ten. Yeah, it's, it's a gorgeous movie, but that's all it does for me. It's just visually, a- aesthetically pleasing. That's I, I, yeah. I see it pleasing other ways, but yeah. I'll talk about this yeah. a lot of time. Like with your dick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's sometimes. There's I, I, uh, I, masturbating pictures of <laughs> masturbated pictures of Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford together. There you go. Mainly the Harrison Ford part. I like his old. I like his old man body. Yeah, you like his limp. Yeah, I like his yeah. Limp. Walk for me some limp, more. Limp on my dick. <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I'll try not to run my mouth too much about this movie anymore. So, what would you give the? I think I think that's. I don't. I don't really think I have too much other stuff to say. I just I really enjoy it. Yeah. I, I love the originality of it, even though it's not truly original. No. It's an interesting. An, it's not a, a remake. An, yeah, an, an idea, idea. Yeah, an idea yeah. doesn't have to be a quote unquote original in order for it to actually be original. Yeah, like right. They they take a lot of stuff from other movies but they combine it in a way that makes it feel kind of fresh sure. and kind of refreshing. Sure. And I, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. What would you, what would you give the award to? Mm, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is the first. Uh, I, I really nothing this movie. I guess the humor at the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Just, just the humor. Because I know what you're going to give your award to. So. You know what I'm giving yeah, it to. Yeah, yeah it's going to Jessica Roth. Yeah, yeah it's say. not going so She's I mean incredible. if it's all her then I'm just gonna give it to like the humor near the beginning so yeah. some of the stuff there fair but enough. like really it just did nothing for me yeah like, fair <laughs> enough yeah that's just that's what happens sometimes yeah like, they're hit or miss sometimes and that's that's movies for you yeah right uh, I'm absolutely going to be like keeping my eye on Jessica Roth from this day forward I this is legitimately one of my favorite performances of the year wow. I'm going to be watching out for this girl and like anything else she's in and I'm, I'm super excited to like see other stuff this year i mean because we've still got november and december so mm-hmm. we've still got like i want to see suburbicon i want to see murder on the orient express you know of course right, justice right, league's right. the worst star wars uh just we're seeing a good amount of movies shape left in the, the year water. yeah shape of the water uh, i'm really looking forward to uh the great sh- the greatest showman or whatever it's called oh, with, like yeah, hugh, jackman, hugh the musical. jackman circus movie yeah, yeah. um i'm, I'm looking, looking forward, forward to three billboards yeah, yeah. And, uh, it looks like yeah, it's going to be super yeah, interesting. Yeah. So, may, I mean, who knows? But at the same time, like... And, and Paul Thomas Anderson is supposed to be putting out a new movie. Is he? This this year, uh, Christmas. So I haven't seen a trailer yet, though, but they're saying it's, it's, it's going to be... This is going to be, allegedly, Daniel Day-Lewis's last performance before he retires. Oh, really? It's about fashion design in the 1960s or something like that. Wow, okay. And, uh, I mean, Anderson's an amazing director. Huh. Um, so. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, we'll have to keep an eye out for that then. Yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like this movie is just definitely gonna be like my. I don't see anything like a rival coming out for the rest of the year, and I don't think I would say I enjoy it on the same level that I enjoy Rival. If anything, I, I think this is going to be my Ten Cloverfield Lane of the year, okay. where it's like something that I really, really liked mm-hmm. that's like completely under the radar for a lot of people sure. where they're just like i did it didn't look interesting so i didn't check it out or just like i didn't know about it or i saw it and i didn't think that much about it like i think that's because that's what tin Cloverfield lane last sure. year was for yeah. a lot of people mm-hmm. like i i saw it and i absolutely loved it and then a lot of other people saw it and they're like yeah it was or they didn't see it or didn't know what sure. it was about and so kind of felt like it wasn't the same thing get out was just a far superior film yeah no it. definitely like, I, I, just, I, I definitely I, I, think I, too. Like, I actually and i thought i was i went in they're like yeah 
I wanted to hate it because yeah. it got so many good reviews. So it's <laughs> yeah. like such critical acclaim that people won't shut up about yeah. it. You just want to go in and be like, no, I'm not going to like it. <laughs> but by the end of it, I'm like, I really liked no, it. No, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah and that, really that's, the thing, that's the thing, too, is I, I try not to... I try not to let things distract me from the fact that, like, even though I might enjoy something immensely, it's definitely not, like, a work of art or anything. Sure. And mm-hmm. so I can absolutely 100% agree that Get Out is a far superior film to Happy mm-hmm. Death Day. Mm-hmm. I enjoy Happy Death Day a lot more, though. Right. Like, it's it's more fun for me. It has yeah. more, like, there's more parts of it mm-hmm. that I, like, really connect with and really mm-hmm. like. And the beat, like, it's just something more enjoyable. And that it's that unspoken kind of thing of art where it's just, yeah. like, you can look into it as much as you can to see what you really do like about it. But sometimes you just like something because you like it. And Well, as, as a proud brother, I... Uh... <laughs> I can never get out more. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, as a struggling yeah. black man, yeah, here struggling in black, black man in the current in the twenty first century. Uh, get out, just a, and me as a tween girl <laughs> yeah, in, in two thousand seventeen. <laughs> it's something that I can really understand. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's so yeah, Day, that's our thoughts on Happy Death Day. Yeah. Uh, and we got our short recommendation corner this week. Yeah. Do you have anything to recommend? Mm-hmm. What you got? Um, well, I, I feel like it's a good time to recommend this one of my favorite albums of all time, and I thought I'll recommend it since it's October. Yeah. Um, back in 2009, a little project came out called Dead Man's Bones. Ooh. Um, and they released an album called Dead Man's Bones. Yeah. And it's two people, Ryan Gosling and Zach Shields. Who's Zach, Zach Shields? Sh- Zach Shields is Ryan Gosling's, um, I may be wrong about this, but, um, I mean, he's not a celebrity or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but I think he was either dating or something with Ryan Gosling's sister. Like, he was either dating or something like that. And when we came over to dinner for the first time, him and Ryan Gosling kind of hit it off real fast over their love of music and uh, uh, horror, mm-hmm. and especially ghost stories. So they decided to make a group called Dead Man's Bones. And basically, Dead Man's Bones is just both of them singing and playing all the instruments. So Ryan Gosling sings on most of the songs. Zach Schultz sings on a couple of them. So like whenever La La Land came up, people were like, Ron Gosling can play piano? I'm like, yeah, hey, he plays piano all over <laughs> Dead Man's Bones. I was one of those people that was surprised. Yeah, I didn't know he yeah, played piano. So it was like, you can sing and, and play piano? I'm like, yeah, it's Dead, Man, Dead Man's Bones. <laughs> but um, basically... You can look at his feet while he's dancing the whole time? Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty, pretty much he's... Uh, they they uh, play all the instruments. It's just the, them two. Okay. Um, And it's featuring a, a, ch- a children's orchestra in it like okay. a ch- children's choir it's actually yeah. the same choir that was started by uh flea uh red hot chili peppers yeah uh silver let me look it up the um i don't want to butcher their their name at all uh, um where are you at there you are uh the silver lake conservatory of music uh-huh. uh children's choir huh, um okay. And it's kind of cool um, because... Why, why did Flea start a children's choir? I, I think it's like a charity type thing or, or to, to, okay. to, like like kids to like learn about music at a young age. Cool. Their parents okay. are bringing yeah. them to or whatever. Gotcha. Um, it's like a music program. Yeah. Um, so they only did... For every song, they're only allowed to do three takes. And they were even learning to play instruments they never played before. So they'd like pick up an accordion. It's like, okay, here we go. <laughs> it's just like play over it. And yeah. they didn't play to a click track. Oh, okay. So okay. it's all like really like live and organic yeah, sounding. Yeah. So you have like these like weird songs like My Body's a Zombie for You where he's talking about like 
you know, it's like a love song, but it's like a zombie song. And they have like these kids singing like over <laughs> it and stuff. And yeah. Okay. And then it's uh super the top where they were play live shows. Like all their live shows got critical claim, but the kids will all be dressed up in like Halloween costumes while yeah. they perform live and stuff. And yeah. uh, the, the, the group is just really weird and it's really strange and it's a really strange, fun album that you just put on. Nice. And, uh, yeah. And what's it called again? Dead Man's Bones. Dead Man's Bones. Dead okay. Man's Bones. Yeah. yeah. I have to check that out. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, uh, <laughs> you, you, you listen to it like around Halloween or something? Like no, it's I listen got, to it all like, the good... time. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. But I just think it's a good time to kind of uh, kind of recommend it now since it is the Halloween season. and Gotcha. It's creepy type music. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Speaking of creepy Halloween type stuff. Uh, so David Fincher's new Netflix project just mm-hmm. dropped on Netflix called Mind, Mind Hunter. And we've mentioned it before. We uh, saw like the trailer for it, saw people talking about it. Yeah, we talked about the news a couple yeah, times. Yeah, we've mentioned it in the news, like with the release date and everything. So it just came out uh, last weekend. And I don't know if it's like eight or nine, ten. I think it's like ten episodes maybe or something. You know, one of those Netflix like one season like short things real quick. I don't know if there's going to be a sequel to it or anything. I haven't finished it. I'm, uh, I'm four episodes into it. It's what I pretty much watched like all last weekend when I had some free time. It is really good. Mm. It is, uh, it's about these two people and it becomes more like they end up adding someone else. And I don't know how long she really stays in it for. Uh, but it's about these two like FBI detectives and they're in the seventies and they're, it's like kind of the origin of like, when they're called like studying serial killers, like understanding what's going on. Like, I'm not going to spoil anything. There's like an influx around that time. There right? is. Yeah. yeah. There's like, which you mentioned in our Halloween it, review. We yeah. absolutely did. The thing is, is I guess like, I don't know how accurate or how true close to like true stories or whatever it is, but, uh, there's this, so there's like, there's this influx of it and mm-hmm. there's a study of it where like the FBI, they're like looking at psychological stuff. Yeah. Why is this happening? Yeah. So they don't now? understand mm-hmm. like why things are happening they're not really connecting things. Mm-hmm. And so it's the very beginning, early days of the FBI looking into serial killer stuff. Uh, they don't even call them like in the show yet. I'm four episodes in and they don't call them serial killers yet. Mm-hmm. One of the guys, the main guy Holden, agent Holden, he's referring to them as sequence killers. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, these are killers that like, uh, kill more than like three or four people and they usually have like a specific thing they're doing so you can look for like what's going on like that and so Holden is part of the FBI and he teams up with this he's originally like an interrogator kind of thing like not not really an interrogator he's a I guess what do you call it like when the cops like talk to someone who's holding people hostage right. negotiator, negotiator. Or something. yeah mm-hmm. he's like that originally mm-hmm. and he's like talking with people and trying to talk people down and then he they like kind of shift them in the department a little bit. And so he teams up with this other guy. I can't remember his name, but I know him from other stuff. He's in fight club at one point. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's, the, he's, uh, I feel like he's a couple of day adventure movies, but he's, he he's, is, yeah. he's the older detective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's yeah. a definitely a buddy cop thing. He was on heroes on. also. He's in one of the seasons of heroes. Maybe I only mm-hmm. watched like the first two or three. Seasons. I didn't, mm-hmm. well, the first season's incredible after that. I didn't yeah. really keep up with anything, but, uh, so he's in it and the older guy is like, he goes around the country and he like talks at police departments and talks about like the psychology of killers. And so agent Holden, the younger one comes in and he's talking about the psychology of it too, but he's talking about it more of like, Hey, here's what we know, but we're also starting to study more stuff. Mm -hmm. And almost without fail, when they go to new places, 
after they get done with their presentation and they're talking to people, they get ready to leave. And then someone comes up to them and they're like, Hey, uh, can you come take a look at this for us? <laughs> and so like they go and they look at this thing and like they, it's this, it's this case that the local PD can't solve. Cause they're like, we don't know what the fuck's going on. Right. And there's like multiple deaths and they all seem to be kind of connected. And so they like look at stuff and there's like stuff going on already. And there's this really chilling, crazy crap where they go and they talk to other serial killers that have already been caught and that are in prison. And they go in and they record like tapes of them talking with them. And they're just, like, talking. Like, they're in there joking at one point. Like, they actually, like, order pizza. And they're, like, talking with the serial killer. And, like, getting to know, like, you know, why did you do this? What did you think of this? Like, why did you do this this way and this that way? And what was your in your head? Like, they're just getting into the head. And the interesting, I think the most interesting thing about this show so far is that there's no gore in it. There's no killing in it. There's mm-hmm. no deaths in it. There's no, there's something that happens at one point but for the majority of the show, there's the most disturbing parts aren't seeing a killer going around and killing someone. It's these two agents sitting with this serial killer across the table from them. And this guy casually talking about how he murdered each and every one of the yeah, victims right. and describing it, like just like describing mm-hmm. the scene, like David Fincher doesn't show shit in this TV show. Right. And all, all the horror comes from you listening to the killer talk right. about what's going on. It is, deeply disturbing yeah. like hearing like what they're doing and what they're going through and just there's not even like it's not it doesn't even go to like a flashback narration it's just them in the room talking and that's all it is and it's crazy as shit it's uh and i think it's like it's like i don't know if they're ever going to show anything eventually they mm-hmm. do show like one thing at one point and it doesn't really have to do with the like it doesn't really have to do with anything else and so it's kind of like out of nowhere really quick but it's um for all intents and purposes, it's like it's a very slow burn of a TV show. Okay. It's more of the you know it's a Fincher thing, so it's very heavily like dialogue driven. Sure. Like people just snappy comebacks, like coming back and forth all the time. Them talking, them arguing, mm-hmm. them trying to figure out something, them cleverly saying stuff. It's uh, it's it's really really good, and yeah. I don't know how it's going to end <laughs> but it's right. i'm only four episodes into it it's on netflix it's called mind hunter four out of how many episodes um, 10 or eight? i think it's like eight or ten yeah. it's it's one of the two it's one of those shorter like netflix like stranger things or like uh uh ozark or something okay. it's one of those like shorter right. kind of things i think they are supposed to like i've heard something about like they're probably being a season two mm. maybe or something mm. but uh this one's only been out for a week so far right. it's been really good (laughs) i'm probably gonna be watching more of it over the weekend hopefully finishing it by uh if not next week when stranger things 2 comes out but (laughs) maybe the week week after that uh hopefully finishing it by then before we you know do our next episode because for we haven't mentioned it yet but our next episode uh we're both gonna be out of town Mm-hmm. You're going down to a convention. I'm going up to Tennessee to visit a friend. So we'll both be out of town. And so we're recording an episode for the weekend of Halloween, but it's not going to be a new movie. It's going to be one of our kind of side smaller episodes. And so in that episode, we're going to be talking about uh, season one of Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be talking about news or any kind of uh, recommend recommendations or anything. We're just we both seen season one of Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. We're going to give our thoughts on that. Uh, to kind of just revel in the fact that season two is coming out in like a week. So, right. <laughs> and by the time you get that episode, it will have probably already been out. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're going to go over that and it's going to be a lot of fun. 
Um, I think that's roughly it for today's episode yeah. there. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, any questions, comments, concerns, you can email us, Facebook us, you can Twitter us, but we like almost never check it. Um, where and the award goes to, and you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud where and the award goes to podcast at gmail.com. Uh, send us an email, do whatever. You know, hit us up on Facebook. Yeah, Gmail. That's and the award goes to podcast. It's all one word at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. If you went and saw Happy Death Day, if you've seen anything else that you want to talk about, if Mm -hmm. you, you know, whatever. (laughs) If you got whatever, we'll we'll read it and we'll talk about it. So, yeah, uh, yeah, other than that, I believe that's that's it. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye.